Full credit to the boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, the Bulldogs try and rescue their season by getting COVID. Cronulla considering swapping the beautiful eyes of John Morris for the squinty eyes of Eddie Jones. And Scott Sattler drops by. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit the Boys live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram, FCTTB podcast, all one word. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at former underscore legend or search the hashtag 50 fit and full of shit. Uh, you can find the blog to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts, all one word. He's a man who this week paid for all the TV rights to every Chris Lilly TV series. He's a man who begged Scott Morrison to keep gyms closed, and tonight he's wearing his Expo 88 t-shirt. Welcome, Sid. Yes, well, thank you, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, world. Unfortunately, due to coronavirus, uh, I'm actually missing the gym. I've now missed it 873 days in a row. Goodness. I'm sick of these restrictions. Can't tell. But I've been, I've been keeping myself busy and active in other ways. TikTok. I've been actively deleting any movie that was released prior to last week to ensure <laughs> that it's politically correct. I've also been getting into Twitter wars, discussing world events from my white privilege background. It's important that people tweet things, former. Yeah, that's right. Twitter arguments are the only way that we can learn from history. Well, not only that, I know. Hashtag solve world peace. <laughs> that's what I found. It's I've got more to say about it later in the show. Interesting this week... Uh, the Logies have been put back for 12 months. So what could get a Logie this year will get cancelled before <laughs> before next year. Yeah, good point. It's happened before. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Uh, first headline comes from the Bermagui advertiser, Sid. What have they got to say? Girl 4 hilariously leaves dad in hot water after finding woman's bra in car. Ooh, awkward. <laughs> Whether it's telling a white lie to your friends or... Not make... sure you can call it a white lie anymore. <laughs> a little lie. Whether it's telling a little inconsequential lie to your friends <laughs> or making up an excuse to teachers at school, your child will never miss an opportunity to call you out and leave you to awkwardly pick up the pieces. But one man learned that his young daughter isn't scared to land him in hot water at home, or even when he's done nothing wrong. Twitter user at AngryManTV tweeted the hilarious story of when his four-year-old tried to jam him up and get him in trouble with his wife, uh, as one person warned him that that's made very clear where her loyalties lie oh, yeah. when it comes to her parents. He explains his daughter asked, Mummy... Why is your bra in daddy's car? Uh-oh. Leaving him baffled and panicked as his wife gave him a killer side eye, uh, <laughs> knowing she hadn't been in his car for weeks. To get to, the, <laughs> to get to the bottom of the devastating accusation, all three marched out to the garage to have a look, even though his wife said, no, believe you, baby, we don't have to do this. <laughs> Where they discovered a 
face mask lying between the two front seats. Oh, thank God for that. Uh, they all went inside and had a good laugh while Angry Man TV poured himself a triple scotch before he excused himself to change his undies. <laughs> Later that night, Angry Man TV put his daughter uh, Wednesday, her name is apparently, really? to bed and whispered, good luck with the thing that lives under your bed. <laughs> this actually happened to a mate of mine. Uh, he used to have an earring and one day he showed up to the pub with this fancy dangling earring with some green stone in it. It was very elaborate. The boys were straight into him. Theatrical, I believe they call it. They're like, mate, what the hell is that earring? You look ridiculous. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I've got to wear it because my missus found it on the passenger seat of the car. (laughs) Told her it was mine. (laughs) Chucked it straight in my ear. Next story comes from the Kyogle Chronicle. And it's uh, grandmother quits job after earning twenty six hundred a month selling saucy snaps online. Good for her. <laughs> well, fifty nine year old grandmother says she's quitting her day job as a, a carer after her daughter convinced her to sell saucy pictures online. Sandra Maria Brooks splits her time between Portugal and Amsterdam and says she can make twenty six hundred a month through the website OnlyFans. Uh, she says that. The money she makes is more than triple what she earned in her last job as a part-time carer. Her personal Instagram account has over 11,000 followers and depicts the grandmother in a series of skimpy outfits and suggestive poses. (laughs) (laughs) Can't tell if it's a suggestive pose or she's just leaning on a walking frame, but whatever. It seemed like she was trying to pick up her glasses, but she was (laughs) bending over provocatively. It was horrible. Horrible. I I Googled it, of course. She's got the same look on her face that my dad has when he tries to do his shoelaces up. I understand what the fans and want. the same kind of butt. <laughs> oh, Dad's is better. Uh, I understand what the fans want. She said, I know how to give it. Uh, mostly they want sick bags, Sid. Um, over her working life, Sandra has done stints as a go-go dancer, a masseuse, a personal trainer, a choreographer, and an escort. Uh, <laughs> they just slipped escort in there. <laughs> What's an escort doing here? Is it someone who just shows people around? Who would have thought you'd lead with that but uh no they just slipped it in there amongst all the other seemingly legitimate seems, jobs she's had seems to chuck escort in there ruins the surprise doesn't yeah. it yeah uh i've spent a lot of time on stage she said uh-huh so i know all about performing for people sure uh sandra's <laughs> sandra's daughter so have i yayla vonk yayla vonk's a great name uh has who has a very successful only fans page of her own says yayla vonk has four hundred thirty-four thousand followers on instagram convinced her up for it mum that's right up for it mum to give it a shot while they were holidaying together we rented a villa together in the mountains of Portugal Yala told me about her online work in more detail and we just talked about it I was happy for her that she could earn lots of money money making the virtual world work for her this is another thing they just slipped in that we rented a villa in the mountains of Portugal <laughs> whatever s- but I didn't think I could do this job myself uh, she's been pleasantly surprised that her sexy content mm-hmm. seems to be attracting younger fans I did not expect my biggest audience would be under 35 bracket. Bullshit alert. Bullshit alert. I love talking with them. Most of them are really nice and hot. It really makes me laugh to see uh, a lot of fans seem to love my butt, which I'm earning how to wiggle properly. Wiggle. I'd be happy with that down at Wiggle Central, wouldn't they? Welcome, the grey wiggle. Uh, and the, <laughs> and they also love the soles of my feet. Uh, 
There's so much more than sexy photos and fantasy chat available. Or so much less, <laughs> as the case may be. To Sandra's dedicated fans. Sometimes it's just nice to talk. Oh, here we go, one of those. Yeah. I just get an escort to talk. Yeah. Uh, there are lots of lonely souls out there, and the, and the way this job is working out for me, I now have the energy to react and help. Oh, it's an essential service, really. Uh, not all interactions with fans are positive. For example, lots of people ask if my daughter and I will ever do a scene together. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> With sick in my mouth. Uh, there is this fantasy of a mother and daughter doing erotic scenes together. Not in my world, but I make it clear we never do that. Of course, we understand that if we both make a video or a picture of us together, it'll work. So, yes, we will sometimes both be dressed in our erotic style. And, yes, we understand that in our minds, the fantasy goes further. I've done research here, Sid. Yeah, of course and, you have. And i give you a list of... 59-year-olds all around the world, just like Sandra. Okay. Want to tell me if you think they should also be nude on OnlyFans. All right, good, good. Uh, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. (laughs) 100%. I'd love to see her cans. Susan Boyle. Negative. No, (laughs) no, no. Boy George. (laughs) I think you've got something mixed up there, but okay. Michael J. Fox. (laughs) Have to have a good camera. Hold Jake and Stevens. Yeah, just uh, hold me protein shake for a minute. Can you mix that paint for me? Uh, <laughs> don't give me a bottle of Pepsi. So cruel. Uh, Enya. Enya. I wonder what she looked like in the nude. Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. Yeah, no good. Oh, I see that redhead. Yeah. No, that's a no from me. Melissa Etheridge. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? And Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I love her in Veep. But uh, it's good for grannies to have employment in retirement former. Uh, Josh Frydenberg, Australian treasurer, if you weren't aware, is about to announce a new stimulus package due to coronavirus that will see, unfortunately, the pension age lifted to 105. But oldies are being encouraged to set up their own OnlyFans page to make ends meet. And I, th- I think this is a good initiative. An Australian government granny pack is about to be mailed out to anyone over 60 that includes some fake eyelashes, push-up bras, some spanks to keep you looking trim, and a pumice stone to get those cracked feet looking good for the camera. (laughs) The government, this is a scoop, the government is due to roll out their new website, onlygrands.gov.au, in the coming weeks, and I can't wait. Final story this week comes from the Trangy Telegraph. Um, Where? The Trangy Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Man sticks phone charger up penis but tells doctors he swallowed it. This sounds like it'll be right up the uh, Trangy Telegraphs. <laughs> Trangy. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Uh, a patient who rammed a two-foot mobile phone charger Whoa. cable up his penis for oh. sexual gratification tried to fool docs by claiming he had swallowed it. Yeah, that's not how these things work, champion. Doctors said they would have a, take it out for him, but warned him not to start anything. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, the 30-year-old, uh, by the name of Ramacharja, uh, arrived, at his, <laughs> <laughs> arrived at his doctors in uh, Gowati in uh, India yep. with the unusual ailment. You call it an ailment. Uh, he told the medics when he had, that he had ingested the wire, prompting them to launch a fruitless search. It was only when uh, the x-ray 
on the operating table was taken, it became clear that the wire was in the 30-year-old's urinary bladder. I'm glad they took a... Uh, I bet you would have moved about three times in this seat since oh, reading yeah. this story. Just get on with it. It's a bit crook, this one. A stunned surgeon, Cartier Open, said we couldn't have done away with the surgery. Sorry, we could have done away with the surgery if he had told us the truth. He added the patient came to us with severe abdomen pain and told us that he consumed a cable by mistake. I mean, that happens all the time. Hey, um, hey, hey. What I'm concerned about... They cut him open and searched for it, then thought, well, hang on, it's not here. Let's do an x-ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're kind of putting the uh, cart before the horse here, but go on. Uh, we examined his stool, sure, uh, <laughs> conducted an endos- endosco- endoscopy. Endos- <laughs> yeah, endoscopy. That's how you pronounce it, Dr. Former. <laughs> endoscopy. Endoscopy. Didn't you have one of them this week? Um, Last year. Let's not talk about it. Uh, but couldn't find the cable. When we operated, there was nothing in his gastrointestinal tract. Uh, Dr. Open said the embarrassed patient had a habit of inserting cables and other stuff through his penis for sexual pleasure. I can think of nothing worse, but anyway. It's a type of masturbation called urethral sounding, which is the insertion of an uh, object or liquid into the urethra. Not for me. Uh, Said the senior consultant surgeon. The person had come to us five days after he inserted the cable. He'd repeatedly told us that he consumed it through his mouth, and we never imagined an adult would lie about such a thing. The doctor said the patient was of sound mental health. I wouldn't, wouldn't have think thought so. so. <laughs> uh, instant instances of men indulging in urethra sounding are common. Doctor Open said, "This is a this is sorry, uh, not common. This is a rare thing. Surgery was successful, and the patient is recovering. Uh, everything is." Possible on this earth, indeed, Dr. Open said, just as Ramachar just started sticking a Nutribullet up his piss hole. <laughs> so, of course, I had to go down this rabbit hole to see uh, other things that people have uh, stuck up there, Uretha Franklin. Um, here's the top five things blokes have stuck up their pee hole. Do you want me to do the five? Yeah, why not? All right, let's go. Five. A baby eel. <laughs> I would, not, thought, I, I would have thought that's what you were hoping to have. I, I'm not going to have any comment. I'm just uh, letting you know. Four. A chopstick. Oh, Jesus Christ. Three. If a chopstick can go up there, a skipping rope sure can. <laughs> One of those big ones that used to tie around the tree or... Yeah. Two. A texter. <laughs> Ricky Stewart. Yep. One. The number one thing I can find that people stuck up there, Aretha Franklin, a Barbie doll's arm. Now, I'm going to elaborate on this one. A man came into an emergency room in Florida with a Barbie doll's arm stuck in his urethra that in the article they put in brackets, pee hole, just to make sure you know what they're talking about. <laughs> now, apparently he ordered a sex doll off eBay and when it arrived, it was actually a Barbie doll and he was so angry that he ripped off the doll's arm and shoved it up his penis. Well, 2020 round five, and we began on Thursday when the Seagulls uh, got over the top of the Broncos 20 points to 18. If ever there was a game of two halves, it was this one, Sid, as the Broncos scored the first 18 points of the game and then never never bothered the score again as the Seagulls came storming back to put 20 of their own points on and collect the chockies. It was another game when momentum affected the result. The Seagulls scored all the second-half points and also received all the second-half penalties, seven in all. Uh, combine that with 63% of the ball in the second 40, uh, and the out-of-form Broncos never stood a chance. Yeah, well, even though the Broncos went into the sheds 18-zip up, Two of their tries were from kicks, so I was pretty confident the Eagles could still win this one. 
No, it wasn't actually. But the Broncos <laughs> totally dominated the first half, but that's where it ended. It really was a game of two halves former, and those two halves consisted of two halves. The first two halves of the half <laughs> went the Broncos' way, and the second two halves of the second half went Manly's way. It's a bit confusing. I've got it written down somewhere. I'll show you later. But the upshot of it all was that at the end of the two halves or the eight halves, Manly won. Manly began the game with a couple of high-profile players unable to make the field due to injury. Jorge Tafua had a quad injury. Curtis Siren had a bone bruise. And they were quickly joined by Marek Tapao, who was ruled out of the match in just the eighth minute with a dislocated thumb. Did you see this? Yeah. Crook. Yeah. Uh, Manly coach Des Hazler explained that Tapao had to miss two weeks with the dislocation of his thumb, while Moses Suli could also face time off with a likely compound fracture of the finger. Ugh. I've uh, never dislocated my thumb former. I've had a phone charger stuck up my dick, but uh, <laughs> Big Marty Tapao. I'm a skipping rope man. I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> <laughs> Big Marty, he looked like he was in a whole world of pain and his thumb was pointing in a direction that you, you don't want to see your thumb pointing. Make it tough to hitchhike with that thumb. But uh, as you say, without Jorge Tafua, we're calling him now. Yep. Sirenen and Tapao tapping out after eight minutes. This is a massive win for the Eagles, a game they were supposed to win, but they were gone in the first half of the first half. But to come back from 18-0 down and only receiving seven penalties to zip in the <laughs> second half, it was a great comeback win for the Manly side. With everything going against them, it should be remembered that the Broncos still had one last shot at a win with just two minutes left as flying winger Xavier Coates sprinted to the try line as a fast-approaching Tom Trevojevic came across to effect a covering tackle. The result was Coates was bundled into touch, but a number of fans were sceptical as to whether Trevojevic's tackle was legal, with many asking if the contact wasn't in fact a shoulder charge. Taking to Fox League's Instagram page, Bronco Joe Offahengawi uh, claimed that it was was a shoulder charge before replying to one fan that it was the reason we were denied a try. Mysteriously, hours later, the post was deleted. Yeah, well, Tommy T, he had his arms out. It wasn't a shoulder charge in my books. I don't think it was either. And it all happened with three seconds to go, as if the Broncos were going to get a penalty for a shoulder charge when in the last 40 <laughs> minutes they didn't get one. Wake up. <laughs> game over. Uh, Friday, and the Tamworth Warriors uh, were too strong for the North Queensland Cowboys winning 37 points to 26. A high-scoring match, this one. Yeah, Tamworth's favourite sons outside of Lee Kernigan proved to be too strong in a high-scoring, entertaining match in a return to the days of the old Warriors' attitude of, if you score 50, we'll score 51. Yep, love it. Uh, the Kiwis kept finding the try line every time the Cowboys got themselves a four-pointer, and in the end, it was seven tries to five as everyone's second-favourite team found their second win in three games and in turn handed the Cowboys their second loss on the trot. Uh, the news for Cowboy fans didn't. The Cowboy fan didn't get any better after the game with injuries to fullback Valentine Holmes and front rower Jordan McLean, uh, with a possibility both players will be out for a couple of weeks each. Yeah, Val Holmes injured himself in this one after a great game last week, but uh, the Tamworth Warriors opened the scoring through Herbert with a great try from a kick from Green, and it was an entertaining match, high-scoring affair that saw the country music fans, the Warriors, winning in an absolute tri-fest. It was a good game of footy. Now, according to Fulker of the Boys' Backyard Stats Lab, rock-throwing Theo and his less-threatening brother, sock-sewing Sam, uh, the hot and cold Peter Hiku put in one of the great rocks and diamonds performances oh, yeah. in this one. Uh, the Warriors' centre collected three tries, uh, missed three tackles, and made three handling errors. 
Uh, one of those gifted the Cowboys a try near halftime. He also made 148 running metres and a line break and a tackle bust. By full time, super coach Nick Howe wasn't sure whether to kick his ass, which is hard for a one-legged man, <laughs> or kiss his cheek. Yeah, it's six all. The Cowboys put a kick through. They regathered, and the Warriors looked like they'd uh, shut down the play until your boyfriend, Tao Malolo, mm. shrugged off Blair and his bung thumb, <laughs> kept the ball alive. Second rower, Mitchell Dunn, put in a second kick. I love when the play has two kicks or more. Put the kick through. Peter Hicku was shadowing it across the dead ball line, but the dead ball line was dead set a mile away. Kyle felt pounced, and you thought that might swing the momentum the Cowboys' way, and Hicko would be the enemy of the whole of New Zealand. And Tamworth. But there was still a shit ton of points to go in this one. Hicko scored a try to make up for his mistake. Then it was tit-for-tat tries the whole rest of the game. The league kept changing, and in the end, as you said, Hicko ended up with three tries, mm. and the Tamworth Warriors upset the Cows. A very entertaining game of footy. I would say it's the worst three-try performance I've ever seen. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Compare that to uh, Tedesco. You'd prefer to have Tedesco than Hicko in your side. Uh, it's probably one of the halves combinations that no one really thinks about too much, but when the Warriors 6 and 7 are playing well, they'd probably rate in the top three or four combinations in the comp. Nick Arima was on fire he in the was. first half. Uh, he finished with two try assists, 95 metres, uh, a field goal and three conversions. And his halves partner, Blake Green, the forgotten man, was also superb with three try assists. The spontaneity of Nick, Nick Arima combined with a steady hand of Green looks suited to the new rules incorporated by the NRL. And if they can keep their form up, rough chance here, yeah. they could actually uh, sneak into the back end of the eight by October. Yeah, we'll see. As long see. as they we'll keep – they're, they're the key. Those They've two got a the lot key. against them. But, yeah. yeah, Nick Arima had an absolute blinder in this one. He had a hand in everything that the Warriors did. I love the good news story. That's the Warriors. We all do. I want them to do that every week, though. It'll be interesting to see if they can. I just can't see how they can perform that well week in, week out under the tough circumstances they've been dealt. Friday and in a cracking game, the Eels was a good game were too strong for the Panthers, winning 16 points to 10. For the second time this year, the Panthers uh, handed up a commanding league to miss out on the two points, uh, two competition points. This time to the Eels, who came from 10-0 down to beat Penrith by six in front of 507 fans. Huge crowd. In fact, it wasn't until the 60th minute that the Eels got on the board, but from there, the Panthers looked powerless as the Eels finished all over the top of them, clicked the win, and remained undefeated in 2020. Yeah, it was tit for tat for the first 20 minutes of this one, with both teams having tries disallowed for pushes in the back, which sounds more like a AFL thing, <laughs> but that's uh, that's where we're at. Um, but after two disallowed tries, it was up to this man, Panthers winger Brian T- <laughs> who opened the scoring. The ball actually going to ground in a backline play that any attacking-minded coach would have planned during his pre-game pre-game prep. And the Panthers went into the break up 10-0. But that's where the Panthers' attack ended. Well, after a two-week NRL suspension to... TikTok sensation, Nathan Cleary. Who returned after breaching social distancing protocols in April. Um... 
he was forced to attempt the conversion of Brian to Oz try with the TikTok song that landed him in trouble playing over the loudspeakers. <laughs> Suffice to say, he duffed the kick, much like he duffed his explanation to the cops about his TikTok efforts, and then after the game admitted he was rattled, his words, not mine. Yeah, you wouldn't admit to that, would you? By the song being played over the loudspeaker. Get used to it, Jamian. Yeah, we're going to play that every time we mention him. <laughs> Let's play it again right now. TikTok sensation, Nathan Cleary. So, Chinocchio, he was back this week. And this game was uh, not only billed as the Battle of the West by me <laughs> and all of the NRL media after me, but it was also billed as the battle of who will be the next New South Wales halfback. Why, I'm not sure. Mitchell Pierce wasn't playing. When Mitchell Pierce plays against Mitch, Mitch Moses... Then we'll see who should really be up against Luke Brooks to be the New South Wales halfback. <laughs> Until then, we'll wait and see. Not since they last lifted the trophy in 1986 have Parramatta opened the season with five consecutive victories. Uh, for the Eels, Wunga Blake and Regan Campbell-Gillard, it was an extra sweet win as they both faced up against their former club. RCG wrapped, racked up 115 metres and made three tackle busts. Uh, but the one play the Panthers won't be forgetting anytime soon was his bone-crunching hit on James Fisher-Harris. How good would it feel to absolutely smash your old club? Wunga Blake scored a try or so, mm-hmm. and then uh, they go in the opposition dressing room to collect their paycheck. They're still getting paid from them. <laughs> it was a fantastic game from Wunga Blake. His fend on his opposite number, Crichton, to score the first para try was outstanding. And I think it's a reflection on these new rules that centers get the ball a bit earlier. They have a bit more time. He broke through the line to set up King Gutho for Para's second try to top off a great game. But one bloke that stood out for me for Para was Nathan Brown, another one that the Tigers have let go. He had an enormous game. He is a gun, a great old school forward. Para were very good in their come from behind win. But the Panthers... They had plenty of ball to win this game, but I'm telling you, they're no good in attack. It's 2020. Can you say Brown? I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, Saturday, and the Rabbitohs burst the Titans' bubbles, winning 32 points to 12. It was all over by halftime in this one as the Bunnies belted the Titans in the first 40, leading 26 to 6 at the break. In the end, it was a comfortable five tries to two victory for South, who got their first win since the competition restarted and are now within striking distance of the eight. Uh, the Titans weren't horrible in this one, despite the scoreline, and coach Justin Holbrook said after the game there were patches of the first half where his team let themselves down, but he was far happier with their second-half performance. Yeah, I think that's true. I said two weeks ago that the Titans were going to win a game soon. They were on the improve. Unfortunately, that win came against the Tigers last week. <laughs> Not happy about that. But they are improving. The Bunnies were too good for them in this one, though. As long as uh, the Titans have a dig, that's all you can ask for. And they did have a dig. They did. Old Sid Punts has been uh, bagging the experiment of Latrell Mitchell at fullback for the Bunnies. But I actually backed him at $10 to be the first try, try scorer with Blue Bet, and he delivered. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, like most of my bets do, delivered. Uh, it was an improved performance from Latrell in what is still an experiment that is uh, doomed to fail. <laughs> he is a centre. End of story. 
Well, he produced his best game in South City Colours on Saturday, making those who said he won't make it as a fullback look pretty silly. I don't look silly at all. Uh, Mitchell scored a try and had three more try assists to push his team to a 20-point lead before they had to withstand a second-half rally from the Titans. Uh, Luttrell then sealed the two points with a beautiful in and away before flick passing to Dane Gagai, who got his second try in the 76th minute and cement the game for the Rabbitohs. Look, just hear me out here. Most of his more effective play was when he chimed in in the black back line. Ironically, oh, yeah, that was a slip of the tongue. <laughs> oh, settle on, mate. Yeah, might have to cut that out. Someone will be outraged. He chimed into the back line, ironically, where a center would normally stand. Just put him back in the centers where he belongs. I'm telling you, the new rules are suited to centers getting more ball. And his fend, like we saw with Wonga Blake for Parramatta, you can now bring your centers into the game more and a big, mobile, quick player like Latrell will eat it up, put him back at center. Uh, Bunnies forward Jaden Sewer could find himself on the sidelines following a dangerous tackle on the Titans' Sam Lassoni. Uh, Sewer was placed on report for a shoulder charge by uh, referee Matt Chechen, who immediately called a penalty and informed the South Sydney forward that he'd been put on report. But while they may uh, more than likely miss Sewer for a week or two, Cody Walker made a return for the Bunnies after a bullshit two-week suspension for a karate kick in Christmas or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, that seems so long ago now. Uh, and he got straight back to work in setting up Alex Johnson for a try in the 12th minute. Supercoach Bennett said after the game that he was pleased with Walker's return, although he has plenty of room for improvement. Look, I, again, I've got no dramas with that Sewer hit. It was uh, front on. No one was hurt. Play on, I say. The Bunnies were good in this one, but let's be honest, anyone that wants to finish higher than ninth should beat the Titans. <laughs> That's right. Um, the second game on Saturday saw the Knights, well, they just weren't good enough to beat nah, the Storm 26 points to 12. It was a rude awakening for the Knights who had experienced, sorry, who experienced their first loss of the year with a four tries to two defeat at Single Mother Stadium. Uh, the game was close to gone by halftime as the Storm went to the Sheds up 18 points to two. And then in the second half, they saw off a dogged rally from the Knights who briefly threatened scoring two tries in six minutes through Bradman, Best and Edric Lee uh, to get within a converted try with 20 minutes left on the clock. But from there, well, it was all Storm and they won 26 points to 12. Yeah, the Storm opened the scoring through a Riley Jacks try, but the Knights looked to hit back with Ponga taking on the line and he broke through only for my man, Papa Giorgio, mm. to make an absolutely cracking tackle to stop Ponga. And it really... Why didn't he pass? Ugh, it, that That's really, a murder. It swung the uh, momentum back in the Storm's favour. and But it was a cracking tackle. Loved it. But the Storm were then able to score two more tries before halftime to go into the break 18-2. And although the Knights scored two tries in the second half, they couldn't drag back that deficit. Basically, Ponga ruined it for them. Mm, I reckon that uh, reserve grade screaming for him. I think so. Um, a week out from his 47th birthday, Cameron Smith wound the clock back with a first-half masterclass. According to Full Crew, the boys' backyard stats lab, Iron Bar Barry, and his flaccid brother, Half a Bar Billy. And he finished with the men of the match honours. Uh, Devon Head ended the game with <laughs> five from five goals to go with 37 tackles, two try assists, 51 running metres, uh, and one tackle bust. It's funny that you say on his 47th birthday, uh, old Devonhead did blah, blah, blah. Because what I say is I've been one to say that old Devonhead looks slow under the new <laughs> rules. 
But in this game, the 54-year-old Cam Smith turned back the clock and just did what he does best. He controlled the play. He overruled the ref's decision on a number of occasions. Uh, generally showed how good he still is, and he steered the storm to a hard-fought victory over the hapless Knights. By the end of the game, it was obvious where the Knights need to improve. Their poor completion rate in the first 40 minutes was too much to overcome by, at the back end of the game. Um, Coach Adam O'Brien <laughs> said after the game, they were hungrier than us at the start of the game. We dipped a toe. The first try was evident in that, our lack of urgency to get back uh, there, to bat it back. He, uh, he said, we fought hard in the second half, but we got beaten to the punch straight away by a team that were running harder, playing the ball quicker and sticking their contract uh, a lot harder than what we were doing. Look, it's true. The Knights, they fought back well in the second half, but when you give up an 18-2 lead at halftime to the Storm, it's more often than not going to be too much ground you've got to make up. Uh, Ponga, apart from his major blunder that ruined everything for everyone, he was pretty good in this game, let's be honest. Bradman Best, he's fantastic. And Mitchell Pierce was good. There's a lot to like about the Knights, but the Storm, they just wear you down, man. They yep. were too good. Uh, the third game on Saturday, um, I hate the words, admirable loss. Um, the Raiders came back from being behind to beat the West Tigers 14 points to 6. Despite being outplayed in the first half, the Canberra Raiders came back from a 4-0 halftime deficit to secure the two points in an 80-minute arm wrestle against an improved Tigers outfit. Uh, the Raiders were made to work hard all night and their task was made even harder by a gritty Wests outfit who muscled up in defence for the first time all year after axing Benji Marshall during the week and four other players. Uh, ultimately, Ricky's Raiders were too good in Ricky's 400th game as a coach. Uh, whilst Tigers supercoach Madge McGuire will have been disappointed with the result, he must have been pleased by the amount of heart his team displayed after last week's debacle against the Titans. It was a great display from my mighty Tigers, but we just couldn't get the win, scoring 36 points in a thrilling draw against Collingwood. Five <laughs> goals, six misses each. No, I still go for West Tigers, even though they let me down all the time. But it was an improved defensive effort from my boys. A great first half. There was a section of play that the Raiders got the rub of the green, 50-50 calls, back-to-back uh, -back six again, Caper and Russell Packer losing his mind. But you just got to be better in these tight ones. And on Saturday night, we were, let's say we were unlucky in defeat. Less bad. <laughs> um, Russell Packer, I'm glad you mentioned him. Uh, has waited 418 days to make his NRL return uh, from injury. <laughs> and he had a difficult night and might have a few more weeks before he can see the field again. Yeah, he's got two weeks now. He was one of a number of Tigers who Jack White stepped around on his way to the line. And moments later, he found himself in the sin bin for a silly professional foul. Uh, the former Kiwi International hit Joseph Tapine high when he returned to the field. Nothing uh, <laughs> Two weeks, apparently, allowing Jared Croker to kick the Raiders eight clear and leaving himself facing a possible suspension. Two weeks. Packers' 12-minute stint before he was replaced late in the game summed up the Tigers' second half overall. They completed at just 63% and trailed the penalty count. Six penalties to There three. it is. The penalty <laughs> count. Look, although I'm quite clearly biased, I'm not sure if anyone who listens to this podcast uh, realises that. I don't think you are. I love Wests. I try and remain impartial during the podcast. Not really. But the penalty that was blown before the Packers sin binning, it was simultaneous. The ref called held at the same time as we raked the ball. Then Russell Packer, he doesn't even know the rules of rugby league anymore. <laughs> He's been out since before Ned Philanders took over. 
he, he's just struggling out there trying to figure all this shit out. He grabbed Rapana's jersey, and that was the end of the night for the Tigers. We had the better of the Raiders for most of the game, but like any team that has learned attack from Ivan Cleary, we just couldn't put points on the Raiders. It cost us. That's the thing. Like The Tigers played well for... 55 minutes of yeah. the game. And they honestly, at stages, they were all over Canberra. Yep. The reality was I kept looking up the top corner of the Fox screen and going, it's 4-0. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the problem. I was praying we'd be like AFL and we just only play 20-minute halves. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Let's Sunday. move on. Sunday, and the only game on Sunday, uh, the local derby, Derby, between the Sharks and the Dragons. Saw so the Dragons. That's right, the Dragons. Remember hey. them? Win 30 points to 16. Whoa, wait, what? Oh, don't worry, we'll get to it. Okay. After five rounds of footy in the 2020 season, every team has now won at least once as the coaching microscope mysteriously shifted from a windless Mary McGregor to the beautiful eyes of John Morris. <laughs> Facing a club-worst 0-5 and five start to the season and having not scored a point for 86 days. Wow. The oh, Sorry, not scored a try for 86 days. The under-pressure St. George Illawarra were... were too good for a disappointing Sharks outfit, uh, winning in a five tries to three, well, belting. Before the game and immediately after it, sections of the media suggested that John Morris was in trouble with a rumour circulating that they were looking at former Wallabies and now England Rugby Union coach Eddie Jones, and he was being courted to take the role. Wow. Where did this come from? Is Eddie Jones' manager... um... Isaac Moses. I'll eat my hat if this happens. I think it will be a great move, former. When the, <laughs> when the great man Alan Jones gave up coaching rugby and doing voiceovers on porn films, he had a very successful stint as a rugby league coach at the Balmain Tigers, a massive winning record of 36%, <laughs> as opposed to, say, Mary McGregor at 46%, and John Morris himself at 43%. They should definitely look at getting a rugby coach in there you Get know, it. for one thing, if they do do that, they'll win the lineouts. They'll definitely <laughs> win the lineouts. I say get Eddie Jones in there. Hopefully, he brings Quade Cooper with him, so that they can utilise Quade's awesome behind the back gridiron passes that we love. Strong oh, TikTok game. Oh, we love seeing those videos, Quade. Keep them coming. Oh, yes. Keep them coming. So handy being oh. able to do that in rugby league. You flog. Wow. I'm going to send in a couple of videos of me chucking papers in the bin from a mile out. Yeah, Eddie Jones will sign you up. According to Full Crew at the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, Skin Suit Simon, his economically struggling brother on Job Seeker, Rented Suit Stan, uh, Matt Dufty. Duffman. Oh, yeah. Was enormous in this game and easily did enough to guarantee spot at fullback at the Dragons for at least the next 40 minutes of play. Duffman finished with a try to go with uh, two try assists. 168 running metres, 41 of those were post-contact for the little man. Uh, one line break and seven tackle busts. Yeah, old mate uh, oh, yeah. was really good in this one. The Dragons, they made a few changes in this game and it's been revealed today that they have implemented a board of four Masons at St. George <laughs> that get together each week with their aprons on to select the team. Willie Mason, Les Mason, who else? It is, <laughs> this is extraordinary. It's a four-man panel that picks the team each week. Um, they've taken this totally out of the coach's hands, but full credit to the boys' very own James Hooper reports that this is exactly what's happened. Mary, assistant coaches Flanagan and Dean Young, as well as lodge master and apron wearer <laughs> Ben Haran, uh, get together what's and, Ben's training and in, pick uh... the team. Yeah, uh, And so it was that the uh, panel 
determined that uh, was selected. What if Uh, it goes two votes all? Who gets the... uh, I've got no idea. I think they play ping pong and decide who (laughs) wins. paper rock. But uh, Duffman was selected along with Trent Merrin starting ahead of James Graham Mm. and Corey Norman moved to 5'8". Changes seem to work with the Dragons finally getting a win. But it's a strange situation. The much maligned Ben Hunt had a solid game playing from the bench on Sunday, scoring a try and ultimately playing 58 minutes, uh, mostly dummy half. It had many pundits saying the number nine should be his position, including Michael Ennis, who said, today, after seeing him go into that dummy half role, the discussion is finished. It's over. Ben Hunt is a dummy half. Um, Yeah, one game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what do you do with uh, McGuinness? What's he... (laughs) What's well, we'll, <laughs> we'll see in the next 10 minutes how he performs at that other position, then that's where he should go. Uh, the other big dollar player sitting next to Hunt on the bench, that's right, they had $1.8 million sitting on the bench before the, before the game started, was James Graham. And he also played well despite only seeing 40 minutes of playing time. He ran in 40 minutes for 148 running metres nice. to be among the top metre eaters for the Dragons. Yeah, well, as I said, six changes were made to this team by apron wearer Ben Haran. Uh, but it appeared to be successful. Now all the pressure is off Mary and it's on John Morris, which is bizarre. Eyes. Yeah, he's looking a bit thin. He looks a bit like Skeletor. Yeah, but his st- eyes just aren't sunk. They're oh, yeah, beautiful. yeah. You look past the protruding cheekbones into those eyes. Uh, but at the Sharks, they got their own problems. Big name players, Sean Johnson, Josh Dugan and Matty Moylan. Pressure's on him. Uh, they've only registered one win this year, and that was against fellow strugglers, the Cowboys. So now the spotlight miraculously goes off Mary McGregor. Let's go. It's gone. Now it's on John Morris. Off Dean Pay, on to Paul McGregor, but it was already on Paul McGregor. It's gone from Paul McGregor off John Morris. Who does St. George play this week? Because, mate, this is a seven-day cycle, and it is. Fair Nickham, they, they could the, the, the spotlight <laughs> will be back on Mary McGregor. If not, it'll be on Craig Bellamy. Who knows? <laughs> Um, his times, his days are numbered. Craig Bellamy. Monday, that's right. Monday night football return. And Monday how good was night it? football. Um, the Roosters were a little bit too good for the Bulldogs, winning a little bit. Forty-two points to six. Despite having to wait an extra twenty-four hours to play, the result didn't change as the Roosters hammered the Dogs in a seven tries to one routing. Just got home seven tries to one. By half time, it was already twenty-four nil, and some people were worried that the score. Might be by full. Uh, sorry, the score might be the same as the Broncos uh, game yeah. from last week. Uh, but the Dogs showed their usual resilience to slow the bleeding and at least score a try of their own to add some respectability to the loss. They were awesome in this game. The Roosters, their support play is phenomenal. At one point, there was like six blokes there waiting to score a try. Uh, the Morris boys, they look ten years younger in Roosters jersey. In Roosters jerseys, I don't know if both of them are in good form or just one of them. <laughs> But one of them scored a try. Well, there's, there's rumours going around that there's actually triplets. Really? That's why they're That's always why fresh. They look fresh. Yeah. That makes sense. But it was dead set men against boys in this one. I think you described it as the Harlem Globetrotters versus that. Washington Generals. The numpty team they play against. <laughs> uh, uh, it was horrible. The Roosters are red hot since losing the first two games of the competition. But that seems like way, way, way in the past. Uh, it will be a cracking game, Roosters versus Para on Saturday night. It's only, what, four or five-day turnaround for the Chooks, but they will be... Just your heart bleeds for them. Yeah, they'll be fresh <laughs> after that game, just playing the doggies. They'll yeah. be fine. It was a nice training run. Kyle Flanagan looks to be a really good prospect, Sid, and is benefiting 
Mass will be from pairing with the experience of Luke Keary and James Tedesco. In this game alone, he kicked seven or seven goals, had Good. a try assist. Good work. And was involved in most of the lead-up play in uh, all the Roosters' tries. Yes. Sharky fans must be looking at the young half and wondering if they did the right thing in paying a million dollars a year for Sean Johnson and letting Flanagan go to the Roosters. History will be the judge in the long term, but so far it looks to be 15 love to the Chooks. However... You can take these comparisons too far. And in case in point was News Corp journo David Riccio, who tweeted this, and I'll read it. Comparatively, I've got at Sydney Roosters, put them in it. Good. <laughs> Kyle Flanagan ahead of the great Cooper Cronk at the same points of their career. What? <laughs> Stick with him. Okay. In his first year, Cooper Cronk played 13 games, 12 of which were off the bench. Well, he's hopeless. Hopeless. Uh, tonight was Kyle Flanagan's 14th game. The kick, pass, the patience, he's a good one at Telegraph Sport. I think that's fair. He's a way better player than Cooper Cronk, and he's achieved so much more than Cooper in just 14 games. Ironically, if Cooper was still playing, that he would be on the bench. He would be on the bench, exactly. And the team that Cooper Cronk was uh, benched for was a pretty good team down there. But, um, yeah, the Sharkies, they had to make a decision whether to keep Jerry or Flanagan. It's worked out well for them. Uh, but Flanagan... A little, th- bit of, a little bit of baggage around, Jerry. I thought a couple of weeks ago, Flanagan, he made a few errors, especially around his kicking game, that is simply due to inexperience. But when you have, like you say, Kiri, uh, Radley, Friend, and Tedesco around you, you are learning from the best. He had a great game in this one. I think next week we will see a lot more pressure on him against Para, and it will be interesting to see... Who wins the battle of the halves, I'm calling it. And you watch the NRL media call it the same. They always copy me. Speaking of players lost to other teams, Tigers fans like me will still shed a tear every time I watch Teddy Tedesco carve, right, move a, on. Let's move on. carve a team up in the Roosters' colours. In this game, he was the best player by the length of the straight, according to Full Crew, the boys' backyard stats lab, six-shooter Sean and his impotent brother, blank-shooting Billy. Tedesco scored three tries uh, to go with... One tackle. One tackle. Have a week. Go. Uh, two try assists, 194 running metres, uh, 52 of those were post-contact. Wow. Two, two line breaks and get this, 12 tackle busts. He was absolutely outstanding in this game. Every time he took on the line, he was dangerous. His passing game was excellent. In defence, he was great. He made one tackle. Uh, he stopped a certain Bulldogs try at one point. They absolutely botched that. But this was a masterclass from Teddy. Well, the biggest story to come out of this week uh, was the NRL had to postpone Sunday's Canterbury v Sydney Roosters game at Bankwest Stadium until Monday to ensure player safety in relation to a potential biosecurity problem. Monday night football (laughs) was back. Both teams readjusted their preparations for a Monday 7pm kickoff uh, after Bulldogs forward Aiden Tolman was ruled out of Monday's delayed cash clash with back-to-back premiers, the Roosters, uh, and was put in isolation in a Sydney hotel room after a positive COVID-19 test at the Laguna Street Primary School that was attended by his children. Despite returning a negative test for COVID-19 on Sunday, the Bulldogs and the NRL uh, made a health and safety in, uh, paramount uh, decision, meaning Tolman would not play against the Roosters. 
Bulldogs Chief Executive Andrew Hill told Fox Sports Tolman could be quarantined for the rest of the Bulldogs uh, playing roster. Sorry, from the rest of the Bulldogs playing roster yep. for up to 14 days. The thing is, is the headlines out of this, mate, this is where clickbait media just annoys uh-huh. the shit out of me. Uh, the, the thing was NRL in COVID crisis. Yeah. To me, I thought it was handled, bru- handled brilliantly. We, well, we spoke about it on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Mate, it just goes to show it'll shut idiots up like Peter Fitzsimons. Yeah. By well, saying, that's Look, what I was about to say. We are taking it serious. Uh, I, think, I think this goes to show how well the NRL plan has been implemented. Yeah. Old push ahead Pete, who'll just do anything to get the game ahead. Charlie won't. The fact that one player can be tested and quarantined away from the rest of the playing group, games can be shuffled around, and we all move on so quickly. I think it's a testament to how good the NRL's COVID plans are working. Of course, it's going to be reported as NRL in COVID crisis. The pirate, he dead set, can't wait for a slip oh, up. He was as happy as a dog with two dicks on Sunday. The imbeciles on social media were saying, but what if Tolman has already passed it on to his teammates? I've seen that. That's he tested negative. That's one of the greats. <laughs> but it didn't stop at least one dickhat <laughs> doubling down on Twitter, maintaining that he could have still passed on the virus that he didn't have. Onto somebody, <laughs> shut it all down, shut it all down. People can't get it through their heads that this virus doesn't just create itself when <laughs> Hannah Hollis puts a microphone too close to someone. Wait, we'll get onto that. Okay. Uh, the Sydney Morning Herald have reported that um, Rugby League chairman Ned Volandis um, <laughs> has rejected a request from the Roosters to have the round six clash between the Eels and them, pushed back by 24 hours. This is great. The defending premiers submitted the request in the wake of their round five match between uh, being postponed from Sunday to Monday. Monday night football. Due to Canterbury's Aiden Tolman coronavirus scare. The change of the round five fixture means they'll have five days instead of six to prepare for their biggest match of the season so far. However, Philandus... Uh, says the flow-on effect would be too big and reference the short turnarounds representative players push through each year. Trent Robinson did mention that, but we will have to make sacrifices in the time of crisis. We aren't going to risk people's health to save a day. That's the bottom line, Philanders said. I reckon Ned Philanders versus Nick Politis is an undercard I'd like to see at the next, Whoa. say, Paul, Val- Paul Gallon fight. <laughs> Politis can't intimidate old Philanders anymore. Remember at the beginning of the season when it was restarted? He's like, we're going to restart the whole We're going to start a whole lot. We lost the first two games and Ned's like, piss off. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, Up to 10,000 fans will be allowed to return to each NRL game from July 1 in New South Wales after Premier um, um, Boris Keraglikian gave the green light on Sunday. A small amount of NRL fans have been permitted to attend games this weekend by using corporate boxes. However, it will increase to 10,000 fans, all socially distancing, by July 1. Yeah, well, I've been walking around uh, down Cogra and Carlton Way during the week and talking to St. George fans, and they absolutely cannot wait to go out and boo their team. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be stoked. Get all their old signs out. <laughs> Hail Mary. Oust, doused. They can't wait. Fox Sports presenter Hannah Hollis will be tested for coronavirus on Saturday, well, she was, after conducting a sideline interview with injured Cowboys fullback Valentine Holmes on Friday night. Holmes was taken off in the first half with an ankle injury, and Hollis spoke to him with a microphone near his face, right in it, I would have said, which is against the NRL's strict biosecurity guidelines. 
There was no contact between the pair and the NRL confirmed Holmes was free to fly home with the Cowboys following the match. On Wednesday, West Tigers veteran Benji Marshall was sent for home from training and forced to isolate from his team after footage showed him giving Channel 7's Michelle Bishop a kiss on the cheek. And don't forget all those Canberra players that I was pashing with last week. They turned a blind eye to that. Well, I'm dark on the NRL. We released that out to them and they must have misheard us and thought you said Canterbury. And so they put the game back 24 hours. that's my fault, actually. Canberra. Yeah, I get a bit tongue-tied sometimes, especially with those Canberra players. But uh, again, the NRL is held against much more strict guidelines than the general population. And I get it. I get it. That's how we had to, you know, we had to formulate a plan so that we could keep the competition going. Well, it's just to satisfy, satisfy all the government. Absolutely. Governments but in- let me throw this scenario at you. Val Holmes can now have 20 people over to his house, including Hannah Hollis. She can come over to his house and they can hang out all night if that's their want on a Friday night. But then if she sticks a microphone in, in front of his face, instantly Danny Weidler gets an erection. Now, it is just stupid. Are you it's- saying here that Weidler had something to do with this? Widler was the one. That, what, are you, what are you saying? Well, let me tell you, he had a scoop sitting at home on his couch, taking a <laughs> screenshot of the telly with his phone. What a dick! Dead set. What a dick! It's a scandal. It's not a scandal. You can't just instantly declare something a scandal. Well, you can't just instantly get coronavirus from a road microphone that are the best in the business. Absolutely, by the way. actually, they're coronavirus free. They are coronavirus free. Uh, Canterbury, a hopeful English prop, Luke Thompson, will be NRL-ready by the end of June after securing a release that starts his three-year Belmore tenure six months early. This is great. The Bulldogs have confirmed Thompson's arrival for the rest of 2020 after securing his release from St. Helens after an undisclosed transfer fee. Now, word is the transfer fee was zero. Because of the coronavirus, they got uh, St. Helens on a technicality and they didn't have to give St. Helens one cent which apparently St. Helens are filthy on. Mate, I'd be disclosing that. Why can they? Why does that remain undisclosed? That I think it was great. more not to rub St. Helens' nose into it. But this was a big week for the Thompson family. Corey Thompson moving to the Titans. Joel Thompson off to the Super League next week. And younger brother Luke Thompson coming out to, to Australia. It's like musical chairs, isn't it? To test himself in the NRL. He's only 25 former. I'm not sure if you know much about Luke Thompson. He's won a premiership, represented England, and he is a cracking signing for the Doggies. Well, Nathan Brown's got big reps on him. He trained him over there as well. Yeah, he gave him his debut. Mm. Uh, St. George Hooker, Isaac Luke, can't believe he dared do this, uh, is going to leave the club to join Brisbane as the Dragons' miserable year gets worse. Why would anyone leave the Dragons now? It's it's only about a week away from having their fans boo them. Stick Uh, around. (laughs) (laughs) The Joint Venture Club is the only team yet to win a game. Well, that's not true. It's now... They've now righted that Who wrong. wrote this? Where's Shifty? Um, from a 2009 and in horror season where they finished second last. As reported by the Sydney Morning Herald, the Dragons have granted Luke a release from his contract after the Kiwi International became frustrated with a lack of opportunity, especially now Ben Hunter hooker. He has played just <laughs> 150 minutes of footy this year, stuck behind captain and first choice Cameron uh, McGuinness. Well, maybe second, second choice, choice Cameron McGuinness. The inexperienced Broncos will welcome the arrival of Luke, who has played more than 270 NRL games for South, the Warriors and the Dragons. He, uh, he may line up for the Queensland club as soon as next week. Well, this is fantastic recruitment from the Broncos. They released 260-gamer and former Queensland Origin player, 30-year-old Andrew McCulloch to the Knights, and they replace him with 270-gamer 
and 33-year-old Isaac Luke. To be fair... Go on. The reason they let go of McCulloch is because they thought Turpin was going to be there. Dick playing, Turpin. And now Dick's out for a, for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, Dick's out. So now they've basically had to go and get back out, on the market. Luke's in. They would never have let Andrew McCulloch go if they had a name that Turpin was going to be out. But again, they're releasing a 260-game player for Dick Turpin with a weird haircut. Yeah, well, that's, that's, yeah. Okay, that's for another day. Well, they want all the kids all the time. Jack, yeah. <laughs> like Michael Jackson. <laughs> Jack Whiten's stunning start to the 2020 season has drawn comparisons to Raiders legend Laurie Daly. But the 27-year-old has one big fear as he took on his new role in the team. What do you think his uh, big fear is, Sid? Um, Sharks in the middle of the night in a... Maybe playing a bad game and not being able to stop at Macca's on the bus ride home. Getting his tongue stuck on the cold bit of the inside of a fridge. Yeah, that's that's bad. That's scary. I'd hate that. Yeah. What is his greatest fear? Um, bloodied and bruised, Whiten was the pitcher of the new Canberra side under Ricky Stewart. A resilient bunch, willing to stand up instead of folding when the pressure is turned on. Talking to Fox League after the game, Whiten revealed he wasn't confident that he was going to have immediate success in the new position. That was his greatest fear. What an anti-climax that was. <laughs> Getting run over by a bus? Nah, that's not my greatest fear. Shit. Um, what a disappointment. Good was, story. Cool story, bro. Yeah. Cool story. It was the guidance of Ricky Stewart who had one of the best kicking games in the competition that allowed White to overcome his biggest fears. Yeah. Um, Look, he's in good form, White, and he won the Clive Churchill medal last year in a losing side in the grand final. He played Origin. He's disgraced himself in public, pissing his <laughs> pants and punching on. Uh, he's an all-round footy player. Well, he's hooked up with um, yeah. David Reynolds, Mrs. Yeah, Tani's sister. sister. Um, all Good right. work, lad. Good work. It's a great story, this. ARLC Chairman Ned Philandis has hit back at the AFL over laughable comments the rival code <laughs> made about an apparent $300 million pay cut the NRL accepted in the new broadcast rights deal. We love this, don't we? Well, this is good because the AFL reportedly notified its stakeholders of the giant discount the NRL gave Foxtel and Channel 9, which triggered Volandis uh, to hit back and clarify that the claims were fictional. I'm disappointed that they feel they need to make up figures, <laughs> Ned Philanders told the Herald Sun. Nobody knows our figures, but of course we've kept them commercially in confidence. But looking at their figures, if they have given up $150 million, we have done substantially better than they have. And if they knew the real figures, they'd be stopping the comparisons very quickly because it doesn't help them. <laughs> I think they have, they should have a dose of reality. Nice. The rivalry between the two codes has been brewing since the NRL announced its return to play from the coronavirus-inflicted suspension. Uh, and it, as it continues to heat up, Ned Philanders questioned the AFL's fascination with the NRL and advised it to stay in its own lane. Yeah, push ahead, Pete. I, I have never dwelt into their business. I've never made a comment about their business unless someone has asked me a question. Yet they have this fascination with our business, he said. That's right. Uh, the AFL should concentrate on itself and not worry about other businesses. I don't worry about them. I'm focused on getting the best deal for the NRL. For them to go out and say such, such fiction without knowing is a concern about them more than about us. Volandis also offered the AFL some advice on broadcast deals and has not yet renewed its deal with Foxtel. He says they are making a massive mistake by doing so. What the AFL, AFL don't tell you is that the majority of revenue from both the NRL and the AFL comes from Foxtel. And it was important for us at the NRL to get the major partner done first and foremost. That's the one we rely on the most. It's given us security for revenues for the past seven years. We have done a deal that secures our future. And I think the AFL have made a massive mistake by not getting Foxtel over the line. 
and this is the key, I think you misspoke, but this uh, deal that he has done, Ned Philanders, with Foxtel, gives us security of revenues for the next seven years in a time when all sorts of broadcast deals are being done on the cheap and everyone in panic mode. The NRL has done their deal. I heard this morning from Melbourne. Yes. That um, AFL have held this Amazon streaming yeah, yeah. potential yep. over Foxtel and yeah. Foxtel have gone, do it then. Yeah, this is like uh, Raylene Castle's negotiation. Yeah, yeah. You know, we come on board, we'll go to village drive throughs I will be down <laughs> the drive-in soon. <laughs> Johnson, the For the heavyweight championship of the world. This is a famous victory. Sports News. AFL and the AFL returned to some very underwhelming quality games as the Ooh, Sydney yeah. Sydney Swans were beaten by Cronulla Sharks sister club, the Essendon Bombers, by a single goal. While last year's grand finalists, the GWS Capsock Giants, went down to North Melbourne by 20 points. Yeah, it was a horror week for the Sydney-based AFL teams, former. Both going down. Uh, I am liking these shortened quarters, though, because it means I don't have to watch that <laughs> shit for as long. What a great rule change that was. What a, they're all jumping up and down. Their first game was 37 all. I mean, the clash thank, of the Titans, the top of the table clash. Thank, thank Christ there wasn't crowds there. There, was going to be a, there would have been a right if that had been 37 all. It was five goals, seven misses each or some shit. It was horrible. They shortened their quarters, which is a massive <laughs> error on their part. A massive error. As I said to you on the phone the other day, you don't see soccer saying, well, to stop these nil-all draws, Let's make the game shorter. Yeah. What? Yeah, what? yeah, good idea. We'll just get there quicker. Actually like it in AFL. we just get there quicker. AFL, hashtag talk other games down. Uh, our friends over at TV Black Box report cash-strapped Channel 7 have announced details of a revised broadcast contract with the AFL. The revised deal will see a reduction in payments to the AFL across the remainder of the 2020 season. Which is fair. They're not playing for as long each game. As well as 2021 and 2022. Ooh. The new deal also provides seven, an extension of two years for seasons 23 and 24. Ooh. In a statement to the Stock Exchange, Seven West Media indicated it expects to derive $87 million in net benefits over the existing contract period. So basically they've saved themselves in the next three years $87 million by renegotiating. This is why the AFL's throwing stones. Uh, There's some dramas in their backyard. TV Black Box understands that Foxtel have also secured a reduced payment deal with the AFL. However, at this stage, is not even able to negotiate an extension to its broadcast deal, which expires in 2022. Late last month, Foxtel negotiated an extension uh, to its NRL contract until 27. Yes. Foxtel had hoped to lock in extended broadcast deals for both codes in a move that would have provided long-term certainty for Fox Sports and KO, while also locking out international streaming rivals such as Amazon. Well, the only thing that's good about the shortened quarters is maybe your KO connection can last as long <laughs> as a game in the AFL. Mate, what about that? That's starting to get real old. Uh-huh. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you we'll now. Stop being a tight ass and just uh, no, Fox, no, mate. Foxtel was committed till 2027. Yeah, and you KO's should commit. Part of Foxtel. You should commit to Foxtel. No, it's a tax deduction. Oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> tennis. Adam Peacock on Fox Sports reports US Open organisers are expecting to announce that they'll have an event this year. Good. Australian players have been given every indication to pack their bags and prepare for New York and pack a bit more 
for what will follow. There is speculation the ATP and the women's tour will announce uh, events in Rome and I wouldn't Madrid. be going to Rome. <laughs> well, I'm not sure we going to New York, but whatever. Uh, directly, uh, Mad- sorry, Rome and Madrid directly after the US. Uh, all of those tournaments, which represent vastly different interests, have plenty riding on them. The US Open, for example, makes up to $580 million of the $700 million annual income, oh, sorry, revenue for the US Tennis Association. Wow. The US Tennis Association, who last laid off, uh, sorry, last week laid off 110 staff. Now they are in the midst of a financial hurricane, holding a US Open merely downgraded, uh, probably down to a Category 5. Not by much. Uh, no fans dries up a lot of significant revenue streams. Yeah. But something is better than nothing. Now, this is where it gets interesting. This bloke. Novak's. Novak's Djokovic made headlines for his reluctance to go to New York without his entourage. This is no shock because uh, Novak's is known to make the most noise at player council meetings before each Grand Slam. So when it was raised by US Open organisers that players can only have one person with them (laughs) and they have to stay in hotels in suburban Queens. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) No. About 30 minutes from Manhattan. 30 minutes. I'm not travelling 30 (laughs) minutes for my big tennis game. Uh, and go to the courts in specially designated private cars, Novak's, along with a few others, weren't overly pumped. Um, So he might actually brush the tournament, which might be fair enough. It's his choice. Uh, He doesn't need the money either. Or he might play on because he does need the prestige. Federer's out for the rest of the year. Injured. He's he's on 20 Grand Slams. Yeah. Uh, Rafa's probably not much chance of winning in um, New York, even if he does play. He's on 19. And Novak's is currently on 18. Interesting. So it'll be interesting to see what Novak decides to do. Yeah. Boxing. Uh, boxer, Virginia, Ginny, Fuchs. That's right, Fuchs. That's got to go in our porn star athlete. Has been cleared of any wrongdoing by the US anti-doping agency, USADA. I actually uh, trust the US anti-doping <laughs> agency. <laughs> so this is fair enough. After she, Can you imagine... Let's just chase, change every word in this story okay. I'm about to read from US to Russia and Asada to Rada, right? Rashada, yeah. So let, let's just go to this. Boxing Virginia Fuchs has been cleared of any wrongdoing by the Russian anti-doping agency <laughs> Rada after she successfully argued banned substances found their way into her system through unprotected sex. <laughs> As reported, <laughs> this is outstanding. This story, as reported by the Houston Chronicle, the 32-year-olds proclaimed her innocence after or the Petersburg Daily. Sorry, yeah, the, the Moscow <laughs> Petersburg Daily, the Moscow <laughs> Times um, say that the 32-year-old proclaimed her innocence after testing positive for two banned substances in an out-of-competition test back in February. Fuchs later found out her boyfriend had ingested the substances, which were contained in products he had purchased before the (sighs) pair engaged in unprotected sex. USADA said the trace amounts of the banned substance were found in Fuchs... Sorry, Rada said the trace (laughs) amounts of the banned substances found in Fuchs' system were consistent with sexual transmission after an investigation was confident the Russian did not intentionally cheat. Stupid Russians cheating Russians. Rada's decision means Fuchs is still eligible to qualify for next year's Olympics in Tokyo, which are postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic. This is absolutely outrageous. Is, like, like you say, it's like saying, because it's a US uh, athlete, of course, they're held to a different standard. But this is outrageous. Professional sports people are responsible for anything they put in their bodies, <laughs> and that should include spoof. Go to bed, ink.com, go 
you having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, bucks or hens night coming up? Mare Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom made t-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. Or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mareinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mare Inc. has you covered. Let's see, our next guest is a rugby league legend, and these days he's asked to be called the Alan Jones of sports radio. You can hear him on Sports Day New South Wales each night with Gary Belcher on 2SM. Privately, just before we started the interview, he told us that Gary Belcher's holding him back. Uh, you can find him on Twitter <laughs> at ScottSattler13 and Instagram Scott.Sattler13, or search the hashtag Media Heavyweight. Welcome back to Full Green, the boys, Mr. Scott Sattler. Hello, boys. How are you? I'm not, sure, I'm not quite sure what to expect, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you back on. Mate, uh, we're going through your career during the COVID lockdown. Uh, and you played for the Gold Coast Seagulls, the North Queensland Crushers. South Queensland Crushers. Sorry, the South Queensland Crushers. The mm. Gold Coast Chargers. Was there a time in your career that teams were reluctant to sign you because you'd shut more, cl- shut down more clubs oh. than coronavirus? I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's horrific, isn't it? Like. I remember leaving the Gold Coast and going to the Crushers. And I thought, how good this is! So exciting. <laughs> First year, nineteen ninety-five, there was a second Brisbane team, and and uh, big crowds, a lot of money, big marketing, star players. We thought, this is this is what it's all about, rugby league. And then before a ball even got kicked off in nineteen ninety-six, the second year, they said we had a meeting before training. I'll never forget it. Before round one, and they said, oh guys, this one let you know we can't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's all right. What? No worries. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what we did, we went and trained and pl- we actually played for free. And then we ended up getting you know, some measly amount at the end of the year. And then went to the Gold Coast, back to the Gold Coast Chargers, which I loved. I loved my years at the Chargers. And and um, then got told halfway through 1998 by a really trusted friend in rugby league, he said, listen, they're going to kick the Gold Coast out of the comp as well as Adelaide and a few others. So... You better get on your bike and find somewhere. So the first club, first club that come come wanting me after a phone call, I, I actually begged them to sign me straight away. So I didn't have to wait around for um, for the club to be kicked out of comp, and that was Penrith, and ended up going down there for for uh, five or six years, which I loved. Just back on the crushes, did you play with uh, Mario there? Yeah, Mario, test match. <laughs> yeah, he was a uh, He's a champion, Murray. He came up there. I remember before our very first game, um, the inaugural game of the Crosses versus the Canberra Raiders, who just won the premiership the year before. And massive crowd, huge crowd. I remember he was doing his pre-game talk to us as a captain. Yep. And the the linesman came and knocked on the door, opened up the door, and said, "Ready to go, Here we go. Here we go." And he went into his Churchillian speech. Three and a half minutes later, the lines was going, guys, we have to get on the field. <laughs> we ran on the field. So we ran on the field, he called everyone into a circle again. He gave it another testimonial speech. And seriously, before the good ball got kicked off, I was exhausted. Absolutely <laughs> exhausted. But he's an absolute legend, uh, the Maltese Falcon. He's a, he was a great guy. You know, a really, really good sense of humour as well off the field. Well, this is typical. Another player that played through the Super League war that absolutely made no money. I wonder where all the money went because none of you admit to it. Yeah, uh, trust me. You know, I was actually in that game where Mario Fenny got the ball passed into his head and became yeah. the Falcon. I remember when it happened. It was against Parramatta. We just we pissed ourselves laughing on the field when it happened. 
can only happen in Mario. But on Super League, yeah, when it when it started sort of evolving in 1995, Super League, we all sort of went and met with Super League and ARL, um, their, both their representatives. And, and my dad was a staunch, was a staunch ARL man. He's good mates with Ken Arthurson and John Quayle. And, and so I met, went and met with Super League and they said, we'll give you, you know, at that stage I was on $50,000 a year to play footy and, and I had a job, we had to work as well, so I had a job as well outside of that. And um, when I met with Super League, they said, we're going to offer you 250000 a year and we'll give you a $50,000 check if you sign right now. I mean, wow. <laughs> and I said, well, hang on a second, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play my cards right and I'm going to go to the ARL and just have a chat to them. And the ARL said, listen, we want you to stay. You know, your dad's been part of the history of the game and, you know, the whole sympathetic card and, and, um, you know, you're a settler and you're meant to be with the ARL and you've got to be loyal. I said, yeah, you're right. So I signed with the ARL and knocked back to Super League and I got a fridge. <laughs> I got a fridge. And I've still got that fridge 22 years later in my garage. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a bloody good fridge. It was worth it. I got a fridge delivered to yeah. what about um? What about Garrick Morgan? Did you play with him? I played with Garrick. He's a great guy, Garrick. Still really good mates with him now. And I remember remember when he arrived. I'll tell you what, actually, guys, our very first training session for the Crushers, we we, uh, we turned up and we're getting on a bus and going to the Sunshine Coast for what was going to be like our first week of camp and, and training. Coach was a great origin player, Bobby Lindner. And, um, and the, all of these Forex bags with all our training gear was all lined up in alphabetical order. I remember walking along and seeing, um, walking along and, uh, you know, A's, B's, C's, yeah. and then I got to H, Tim Horan. Tim Horan bag there. Went along, and there was an L, there was uh, Jason Little. His bag was there. There was Garrick Morgan as well, and I grabbed my bag at S, and we jumped on the bus, and the only two bags that were left over were Jason Little and Tim Horan, and they ended up saying, no, I'm not, we're not going to play rugby league. Yeah. Wow. And so they got yeah, that so Garrick, Garrick was the number one forward in rugby union at that stage in the world, and... Um, after a 1994 um, international vote, uh, and he came to rugby league for huge money. I think in that I think he came for about 200 and 220 thousand a year or something, which is huge money in 1995 and uh, before Super League had hit. And wow. he was a man mount, six foot eight, six foot nine, could, I remember yeah, could him, run mate. really he, quick. He, he was oh, he, he was, was huge, monster, massive, but he just he couldn't hit. I remember the very first game. Very first game that we played against uh, a trial against the Gold Coast Gold Coast Seagulls, and he was standing back on the back fence, and they kicked it off. And there's a, this huge expectation, um, you know, this Gary Morgan going to play rugby league, and and our halfback caught and gave it gave it to Garrick, and Garrick his big high leg lift, and I was standing up the front up the front line and looking as he was running back towards yeah. me. I was like slow motion, like chariots of fire. I thought, <laughs> look at him, how good does he look? Like he said, I said, he's going to kill someone when he makes contact. He got about two metres from the line and he went boom and he turned his hip into them as if he was going to go into a ruck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. This ain't going to work, I don't think. But, um, so, yeah, he tried hard, Garrick. He just, unfortunately, just he just couldn't get used to the stop-start of what rugby league was. So it was reported uh, recently that fans drove past Broncos training, heckling them after they were flogged by the Roosters. Oh, what, poor things. <laughs> what, what, what ground did you cop the best sprays at? And uh, give us your all-time best spray that you copped. Um, 
best spray from the field was actually Penrith Stadium playing for Penrith. <laughs> um, 2001, we were horrible. I think we lost about eight or nine in a row. And they were abusing us as we were walking off the field. And I remember looking up and getting hit flush in the side of the head by a pie. <laughs> um, uh, and we used to train at the back on Mulgoa Road. There's two fields, a stadium and the field out the back. And yep. so basically that's the main road through Penrith. So when you're when you're playing really hard to try and avoid a wooden spoon, you just cop the greatest amount of abuse from all the Westies. Like it's just it's stuff you can't you can't actually make public. Some of it was just horrific the things they'd say to you. I used to have eggs at the bottom of my pool in the back of my backyard. <laughs> um, my house, my house and car was vandals and you're going really bad. Um but the best spray I've ever copped, not from a fan, but from Ricky Stewart. Yeah. I remember, I remember we were playing against Canberra. It was our very first game for the uh, for the South Queensland Crushers, and he was having a fight with Mario Fennick. And Mario said, "Play, you know, feed the ball into the scrum." He goes, "Shut up, Mario! Just feed the ball in the scrum, Ricky." He goes, "Shut up, Mario! Just pack your head in the scrum." And anyway, Jeff Wittenberg was our front runner as well. Both his his dad and my dad played for Australia together. The great Johnny Wittenberg, and so. You know, we're both you know, second generations and we're, he's in the front row on the lock and, and we both go, Rick, you just feed the ball for Christ's sakes, would you? And he looked at me and Jeff Wittenberg and he said, have a look at you two tryhards. Attempt to chip off the old blocks. <laughs> just absolutely hammered me and I just remember I put my head in the back of the scrum. I, I learned from a very young age not to um, not to upset Ricky Stewart because he'll absolutely hammer me up. But um, the, the opposite fans, the most brutal opposite fans I think you could um, come across were uh, probably West Magpies. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. surely the Magpies. On a cold, on a cold Saturday night at Campbelltown Stadium in the dead of winter, and if you're getting beaten, they just used to absolutely smash you. Yeah, it was probably me. It's funny. It's funny how much. Noise, <laughs> it's funny how much noise five thousand four hundred people can make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, mate. Um, Mary McGregor was under a world of pressure before the Dragons won last week. But within 80 mm. minutes, the coaching spotlight's now placed onto the man with the most beautiful eyes in the game, John Morris. Is there a more fickle industry than rugby league coaching, you reckon? He's also got the most beautiful jawline. Yeah, He's stunning. Got a great jawline, stunning. Uh, John Morris. That's all my wife says. Yeah, there's a lot to um, like about him. Yeah. He looks like a Thunderbird. <laughs> he's looking closely. He looks like a Thunderbird. He does. But, yeah, in saying that, um, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, it's a horrible position to be in, but it's also one of the most sought-after positions as well. People, for some reason, want to put themselves through the ringer uh, as a head coach. Um, Never thought it about is it, an infectious role. You know, being involved in a rugby league club previously, and um, I was general manager of footy at the Titans for, for a few years, and I, I, I can see how infectious, infectious it can be in being involved in a club. And, you know, it just it just shifts, doesn't it, week in, week out. Mary, Johnny Morris, Anthony Seabold, you know, the list just continues to go on. But... Um, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how they sleep. To be quite honest, it's a it's a horrible position to be in when you've got your own fans and some, in some cases your own players that are that are um, working against you that are pulling the strings behind closed doors. Mate, I look at poor old Dean Pay and I think, what do you what do you want him to do? Like, have you oh. look at his, have a look at his list, mate. He's not a magician. I don't no, reckon it. there's there's not a coach in the game that would make the Bulldogs go much better than what they're doing. I and don't reckon. And that's like what you're saying, Sats. That he he took on that job knowing that the two years that he was going to be there at the minimum would be a tough gig. Why do these people put him through it? Put it, themselves well, through it? Yeah, you know, because you know that 
every club is the same and every person is the same. Every coach is the same. Every CEO is the same. They all think they can make a difference. And, mm. and I'll take my hat off to Dean Pay for taking on. I mean, you don't, I don't expect anything less, mate. He was such a tough player when he played. And, mm. and I've got, and, you know, take on a, a role like that, it doesn't surprise me. And he'll continue to battle through. And, um, but what you do is you think you can make a difference. It's like you know, it's like CEOs and coaches when they sign the bad boy. They go, you know, he's been bad at four other clubs, but he's going to be different here. We've got a different <laughs> culture. And then all of a sudden they're urinating their own mouth. And, and it's like you realise that it's maybe like we a, can't change some people. It's like all of former legends' ex-girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Even well, they always go for the bad boys. Don't they? <laughs> Even the ones that I didn't have to blow up. Um, <laughs> mate, do you, do you agree with my tweet this week that we should replace every Captain Cook statue in Australia with a statue of Peter Volandis? Yeah, I've got no doubt he'll be the next immortal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got no doubt whatsoever. Yeah, you know, what he's done the is, is just amazing. Yeah, you know, he's, he's old school management. Yeah, you know, you know, new school management in modern age where you've got to go through all these. You know, all these processes. You know, principles and procedures and yeah. processes. You've got to talk to all these key stakeholders. And, and he just comes out and goes, I don't give a shit what you think. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. But, and, but, you know, he's a, he's a really smart man. He's got, the good part about him is he's got – he has got um, all the uh, the key people that he's got to speak to within this country. He's got them on speed dial, whereas mm. a lot of people have to go through advisors to get through communications managers to get through – Operations or stuff, but he just he just picks up the phone and and says to Siri, call Scott Morrison, <laughs> and he, he just call and Scott Morrison picks up or you know the um you know the the deputy premier of New South Wales um wow. he'll just pick up because he's got all the key people in the right positions and they trust him they know that he's a really good operator and um yeah like I said he. He should probably beat Glenn Lazarus for the next immortal position. <laughs> we spoke to Patrick Skeen, a journalist, uh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, who did a doco on him, and he said the same. He's like, when Ned Philanders says, okay, listen, this is what we need doing, and someone says, oh, I don't think I can do that, he's like, sweet, out you go. I'll get someone yep. in that can. The, he's he's put his head on, well, not on the chopping block, but he's gone. He's gone out there, bringing in these new rules and changing everything. What do you make of the new rules? Has he done oh, a I good thing? Them. We interviewed Wayne Pierce uh, yesterday on our show, and, and uh, on Monday on our show, and he he sort of told us about the process that they went by, where him and Graham Adams we were sitting down, and they thought about the ways that we can get rid of the wrestle. And Wayne Pierce said, oh, "I was a fan of the second referee, but we all, if we're going to get rid of it, how can we get rid of it?" And then, yep. It's like about the indigenous game that was played with the um, years ago with the the uh, six again rule. They went back and looked at the footage of it. Loved how much speed they timed the ball in action. All those statistics, those key statistics. They took it to Peter Volandis, and his one question was, "Does it question the integrity of the game? No. Does it make the game quicker? And will we give what the fans want?" And they said, "Yes." He said, "Right, just implement it." And that's what you want. You know, you put your faith in. In people who are going to make the decisions, and then you have the you have the kahunas to um, to then endorse it and yeah. um, and then present it as well to the to the public. So, you know, I love the new rules. Uh, there was one game a couple of weeks ago with the ball the ball in play. It was actually the Penrith Newcastle game, and over the over the eighty minutes because it went in the golden point. That was a cracking was 60, game of football. Yeah, sixty five minutes the ball was in play. Now, Origin 2 last year, 67 minutes the ball was in play. So, basically, you're playing at an Origin speed. Mm. And now we're seeing that more often. You know, the game on 
the weekend, Friday night, the Parramatta Penrith game. I mean, that was just, that was a war of attrition. And it just came down to which team was going to blink first and run out of gas. And Mitch Moses. Yeah. Mitch Moses said that's the quickest he's ever seen a game of footy. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I was looking, you know, calling the game and looking at the body language of some of those players. It was, you know, you had to be, you had to be someone really special to be able to push through the pain barrier in that game. And a few of them did it. Do you fear the fact that it's going to get to that butt that we're going to lose the role of the big lumbering forward? I think you can have. I think you can still have one. I just don't think you can have two in the front row. Um, well, you could have a Viliami Kikau and a and a Regan Campbell Gillard in the one team, but you wouldn't want to have. I don't think you could have Kikau, Regan Campbell Gillard, another big front rower, and then maybe trying to use a number thirteen as your third front row. That's just not going to work anymore. We're not going I think to see... what it's going to do is I don't think we'll bring the, the interchange down. I think these rules will will make the players fatigued enough that we don't have to bring the interchange rule down. And uh, I, what I do love about it is that number thirteen jersey now goes back to the old school lock forward. Yeah, I totally agree. Your with Gavin that. Millers, your um, you know those those players that that have, are the fittest in your team. They can use the ball when they need to. They need to. They can kick when they need to. They can. They're like a second five eight. Jake yeah. Trebojevic, Victor Radley, Wade, those sort of players. Wade, Wade Graham. Graham. Yeah. yeah. And I think it brings the centres into the game again. I think for the past few years, we haven't seen them have the impact that they used to. I think it's a great thing. But will we will we see any more Tukies or any more George Roses, you reckon? No. I don't think you can. I don't think you can afford them. Well, the game's poor for that. For, for yeah. the, you, can't get, you can't allow them to play... You know, 12 and 13 minutes stints is just not going to work. So you've got to have your front rollers moving forward. Your front rollers, are, you know, I think one's going to be like a Josh Maguire type build, Paul Gallon type build, and uh, the other one you can probably afford to have a big one to really damage someone. But yeah, you got someone like Nelson Osofa Solomana who is six foot seven, but can play can play 25 minutes straight mm. and be as destructive as he was in the first minute. So that's the frightening part about it. It's about finding. You know, I don't want to be scientific here, but you've got to be able to find big guys who've got really quick leg speed, which is really hard to find. But if you can find one, they're worth their weight in gold. Yeah. Hey, uh, the Roosters have won three games since we came back with a cumulative total of 129 to 18. Um, <clears throat> is this proof that just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any worse, it just outdoes itself? <laughs> <laughs> back to back to back. That's what they're saying now. But, you know, I suppose... But to beat the Broncos, who are really struggling since they come back, and then when you say with all due respect, it means you're being disrespectful, isn't yep. it, to the yeah. Bulldogs as well. So they've played the Broncos and the Bulldogs, and all, albeit they're, they're such a classy side, you know, the real test is going to be against the Eels Absolutely. Uh, this coming week, which you know, they're playing against a really high, highly skillful side with a good set of halves, a good fullback. You know, it's, but everything says that, that this team... Is, is suiting the rules better than better than most when you've got a guy like Tedesco that's just hovering around the middle of the field. And as, as soon as they say six again, you're one of those, those big George Roses and Bartukis <laughs> in the middle going, oh, holy shit, here he comes. Yep. How am I going to stop him? I'll, so, I'll say, you know, to, say to Sid, I watched him last night and um, forgive me, but I can't remember the bloke's name for the Bulldogs, but he's a he's a big bloke. He looks a little bit like Cassiano. He comes off the bench. But um, mate, I said to sure, Sid, yeah, and mm. and and Tedesco just identified straight away. He was blowing. Next thing you know, yep. he runs through him, goes and scores. It's 
Mate, he, yeah. he, is, he is dangerous. He is so dangerous. Dizzy would look good in a Tigers jersey. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, that, and that's why I suppose from a recruitment point of view, a few clubs are probably blowing up about this new rule because they've recruited their clubs around yes. the yeah. playing group that they've got. Yes. Uh, yeah, um, the better players that they've got. So um, to change the rule, all of a sudden, you hang on, we've got all these really big boys and we're going to seek and destroy everyone in the first 15 minutes and unfortunately it's not going to work for us now. And that's what I was saying about Volandi's coming in after two rounds and the big break we had. He didn't even care. He's like, this is what the game needs and we're going to implement it now no matter what your recruitment was in the off-season. It shit. starts now. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah. Because everyone's starting off from scratch anyway. You know, it doesn't matter what your recruitment systems are. Everyone recruits for whatever yep. coach they've got, whatever style they want to play. So um, everyone should be able to adapt. Um, and I can't see why they don't just say, right, yeah, from this week on, we're going to have five minutes in bid for those professional fouls with the new rule now. Um, yeah. And you can bitch and scream as much as you want and, and um, throw your court toys out of the cot. But if they call the five minutes in bid now, Everyone's starting off on the same on the same platform, so I can't see why they can't do it. I think it's interesting too. I've heard that they're looking at giving it next year to try to arrest the momentum because it seems like now a team once they're on a roll, especially the good teams, they're almost impossible to stop. They're talking about if you score a try, you kick off. Yeah, I don't like well, that. Super League. Yeah, yeah that was the Super League, league rule. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it. I'm a traditionalist. Well. Well, I used to be a traditionalist until I love these new rules. Now I just I love the new age game, and I I, I think sometimes if you gain the ascendancy, that you deserve to to keep it. That's true. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. You know, I, I just think you know, I just think if you worked really hard in any sort of you know marathon run, if you worked really hard to get to the front, and then all of a sudden you got a hundred meters to go, they go and they go and lob a, lob a um, someone on your shoulder to carry like. Now you've done the job to get to the front. Now it's up to the other team to dig deep and try and you know get their way back. So that was one of the part su- of part of the game. That was one of the Super League rules that I absolutely hated. I hope we don't go to that one. But it's oh, not yeah, up to there me. was one rule I loved in Super League is that you could pick your own number. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What were you? Sixty nine. Yeah. <laughs> what, what number did you roll with? I was always a thirteen, but um, which is pretty boring. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what would you some, have picked? Yeah, some players have had like 134. <laughs> like, oh, what's that mean? That was the jersey you finished with, former. Yeah, 134. <laughs> I needed one more. I would need one more. Seven. One more number just to remember my pin number for my key card. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, we'll play uh, nearest the pin sats before we finish up. Basically, yep. Sid's going to ask us a question, me and you. I play you. We'll give him a number as an answer. Nearest the pin without going past it. Much like new prices, right? Yes. Um, yep. So away you go. I'll write mine down so it's nice and fair. Yeah, it's totally legit. All right. So Sats. <laughs> First question. According to Wikipedia, how many movies has Russell Crowe made? Okay. So, okay. How many has he made? Or not starred in, has he made? Yeah, starting? pretty much. pretty much starred in, yeah. Starting and I'm going to say, uh, starting oh. with that great movie Romper Stomper. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 37. Ooh, I said 45. 45. Jeez, you were close, former. It's 48. Yes. So Shit. that's one. There you go. One to former. You got to lift your game stats because former doesn't normally win this competition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we count Romper Stomper? That's the thing. Like, that's Mate. an argument. 
Yeah, is that going to be cancelled now? I'd count it twice. Yeah. I've got more to say yeah. about that later in the show. But anyway, uh, Sats, what is the crowd capacity at the new North Queensland Stadium? Jesus, I knew this. Um, clear, uh, uh, 20, 29,200. 29,200. Formers mm-hmm. put 25,000, and you won't believe it. It is bang on 25,000. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought they'd build croc. something bigger than that, actually. This is a crock. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally legit, I swear. Here's one that's in your favour. How many players played for the South Queensland Crushers? <laughs> okay, so 95 was the first year, 97 was the last year. Write your, write your number down, former. 25, 50, uh, I'm going to say uh, in those three years, I reckon they've played, they've used uh, 78 players. I said the former same. actually said 78. I'll, so I'll take one more. I'll go no. seven. Yeah, you're going to go one more. Seventy nine. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Is it, is it over or under? Uh, uh, you got to be. So you got to be under. So just go one. <laughs> <laughs> How many is it? Yeah, I'm going seventy. I'm going seventy. Yeah, seventy, seventy-seven. 70, yeah, seventy-eight. Yeah. Yeah. Go go seventy-three and you'll get it. Seventy-four <laughs> is the answer. I'm giving that to Sats. He's got that one. Um, do you remember what number you were? What number I was? I was number. I was number 13. Yeah, that's incorrect as well. You were number 11, according to uh, rugby league the, project. the Rugby League Project. Do you know who really? then... Yeah, I think it went alphabetically that first year. So can you can you think who would have been number one? I can't see how 11 is alphabetical if he's Scott Sattler. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah good one, Sid. Well, <laughs> well, no, I actually looked at the list and it went alphabetically. So who did you think number one was for the South Queensland well, Crushers? If it's number one, if it's number one, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Anthony Bella. It is Anthony Bella. I'm giving you a bonus point. What? So it's two all. <laughs> Any relation to Marty? Yeah, brother. I've got a story oh, with well, him. I'll, I'll ask you off air whether it's true. Yeah, we shan't be talking about that <laughs> on air. So we're going to, <laughs> I'm giving it two all. Uh, how many players with the surname Morris have played first grade? And remember. The Morris twins, there's actually two of them. I always forget that. I never know which <laughs> oh, one's which. Yeah. How yeah, many, for that. How many um, players <laughs> with the surname Morris have played first grade in Australia? In the New South Wales Rugby League. Okay. And then uh, RL and... One, two, three, four. Oh, this is going to be a stab in the dark. I'm going to say... Uh, Morris. Uh, I'm going to say 11. Ooh, former legend said 18. It is 22. Oh, wow. There you go. Former legend. So this is... Does Glenn Morrison count? I actually got to Glenn Morrison (laughs) and thought I've gone too far on the list. Uh, All right. So it's 3-2. You can tie this up, Sats. Yeah, Um, wouldn't think so. How old is Jerry Seinfeld? Jerry Jerry Seinfeld. This is a really... This is surprising, this. I was surprised when I saw this. I think he's... Only 61. Former's gone 70. I can tell you he is 66. Is he? Yeah. yeah. So, mm. so it's a draw. Yes, bullshit. All right, so for a, for a tiebreaker, how old is Kramer, Michael Richards? Oh, Michael Richards is, I reckon he's, uh, I reckon he's 
I reckon he's 60. Foreman's gone 70. And Kramer actually is 70. Bang. Oh, that's it. That's this is, this is bullshit. It's rigged. It's rigged. I know. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, for those playing at home, Jason Alexander, George, he's 60. Yep. Is he? Yeah. He's had a hard life. <laughs> he looks he's, 80. Yeah. <laughs> he's a struggler. He's a battler. That's Good a, on him. That's some different stories I've about him I've always thought too. Julia Louise Dreyfus, Elaine, is, is not a bad... She's not a bad-looking lady, Fif- I reckon. 59. Mate, I totally agree. Great sort. And... A, and uh, more money than me, you, and everyone else that oh, listens no. to this show. Before a, she even became famous. Yeah, she's a billionaire. Yeah. 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 We discussed her earlier. We'd we'd follow her OnlyFans if she put it up. Yeah, if she put her OnlyFans yeah. on, I'd be following her. We'd do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> hey, before we go, uh, Sats, are you afraid in this game of cat and mouse between me and the 2SM Super Network that you could lose me to... A rival station like 103.2 Christian Radio or SWR <laughs> FM Community Radio in Blacktown. I've got to yeah, tell you, he's had a lot we're, of offers. We're in no, no threat of losing <laughs> Christian Radio because you'd blow them up as soon as you go into first verse. How, how much yeah. turmoil is it costing you having him on every couple has of weeks been, or has so? Has it been blown well, back? Well, before, before we had policies and procedures, and of course there are all laws around the airways, now we've got an in-house lawyer. <laughs> Don't uh, tell us what the rules are. I'm sure we break them every week. We don't want to know. I thought I thought Coldplay's clocks was going to kick in when I'd done the Fanny Schmeller joke the other day. It was just silence for about a minute. Oh, God, I was in tears when you called that those famous names. Misty Hyman and Co. Dick, Dick Pound. Who was the Dick Pound you were going to say who played for Penrith? Yeah. You can say it on a podcast. Who? Yeah. No, I got myself in trouble when talking stories on a podcast once, so... I, uh, Not with us. Dick Pound. Dick Pound. You're probably talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not the pig. <laughs> the pig. Oh, the pig. I love the pig. Uh, You've had the pig on. He's, he's, he's basically a life member with you, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, we love him. We he, spoke to him the other yeah. week. He's a good fellow, mate. He's a great You player. can't call him Pig around his beautiful wife, Amanda. No. Don't watch you when you call him. Don't no. call him Craig. No, he came and did our live show with us. He's a great, great fella. Thank Christ his missus wasn't there that day. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget, uh, you can... Uh, Hear this bloke on Sports Day New South Wales each night with the bloke that he said he's carrying, Gary Belcher. Uh, on 2SM, you can uh, find him on Twitter at ScottSattler13, Instagram Scott.Sattler13. Uh, thanks once again, Mr. Scott Sattler. Anytime, guys. Need a sparky, then make the call to NDF Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweedheads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. Yes, well thanks to the greatest electrical company in all the world. It's time for the greatest podcasting team in all the world. It's time for this. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's time for Grabber Mirrors. Uh, don't forget, you can reply to my Grabber Mirror tweets. Uh, they are on Tuesday around 7.30 and 3.30. Uh, use the hashtag Grabber Mirror or hashtag GAM. Tuesdays, Tuesdays only. only. Um, it was so like we practiced that. That's right. Uh, I'm going to go first. Yeah, go first, man. Grabber Mirror. Martin Ashley Conway. Who the hell is Martin something whatever? This bloke could go down in the Hall of Fame. Of flogs, Sid. Ooh. He's a gold medalist. He's Olympic standard. Jeez, it's a big field. Marty, who insists on being called Martin and not Marty, uh, is suing. What's Marty done? Jovanna Lovelace. Seems Marty hooked up with Jovanna recently, and uh, they enjoyed a romantic encounter. Now, before you jump to too many conclusions, their date, I wasn't judging. Their date didn't include touching wee wees, just a, a lot of kissing. Oh, okay, nice. And it's a date that will remain in Marty Monster's mind forever <laughs> because uh, he was left with a few. Departing gifts from Giovanna, allegedly. Oh, awkward. Na- namely, the odd cold sore and the flu, which led to Marty being rushed to hosp- hospital with a panic attack, Sid. <laughs> yep, this physical fitness warrior who, pro- <laughs> who probably would have been a war hero in another lifetime. Yeah. Had to get driven down to an accident emergency because he had the sniffles and a mouth sore and that made him breathe into brown paper bags. Poor bugger. Now, the upshot to this is little Marty has sued Giovanna for negligence. Uh, and owed, and said that he she owed him a duty of care to protect him from contracting the herpes simplex virus. Is this what the world's come to now, former? Well, I'll, let me let me ask you: How oh much do you God. think Marty Boy uh, wants out of this little legal exercise? For getting a cold sore? Yep. Uh, maybe twenty bucks or a case of beer and a pizza. Marty it. is seeking two hundred and sixty thousand dollars <laughs> compensation for the infection, which he claims. How does he come up with this figure? Well, he says it's blighted his personal and professional life, for which he said he has already paid up front $200,000 for fortnightly therapy until the age of 79. How does he know it's going to take him that long to get over it? Well, it doesn't say much for his therapist, let's be honest. Normally takes only a few days. Now, little... That's a, and they're, they're my groin ones. Well, that's right. Well, little Marty Monster says he has been left at a... He prefers high, to be called Martin, thank you. ...high risk of catching a... A severe ailment because he now has the simplex virus. Uh. He also claims he can no longer go cycling as he worries that the heat and stress will cause a flare-up. <laughs> and the stigma, he says, and the pain of having the virus also has psychological implications that are very hard to manage. Yeah, poor bugger. Uh, Marty says the relationship with the woman, Giovanna, broke down after he caught the virus. No shit. All right, so they're not still together. No. <laughs> Now, just looking at this bloke sitting, I've got a couple of pictures here. Yeah. He's blessed anyone to kiss his face. Shows. Let alone think that he could possibly be a personal trainer. Oh, yeah, no. Nah. No, nah, he's pushing shit up a hill here in this court case. And there's a bloke who has uh, witnessed other blokes, not me, using mortine to get rid of crabs. That's right. <laughs> Seen it with my own eyes. You have. Can uh, someone just send this bloke a pack of lysine? Yes. 24 hours. Bob's your uncle, Marty Monster. And while you're there, get Marty a glass of concrete. Grab a mirror, Marty, you herpes simplex carrying paper bag breathing sook. What I'd give to come home from a Thailand end of season footy trip with just a little bit of a lip sore. Marty does not want to look into a mirror. He's hideous. No. He's hideous. It's all scabbed up. Equal 10. At MGRAS2005. Grab a mirror, the West Tigers. Hey. Because of you. I've not used my favourite coffee cup for the last 10 days. I'm using one that says the big cheese, which makes me look like a wanker. (laughs) Come on. I nay say, no, we deserve better. After all the shit we've been through, I want to sing Can You Feel It? The only thing that makes you uh, 
look like a wanker more is broadcasting this on Twitter. <laughs> it's a very popular segment. Everyone now knows you're a wanker. Equal 10. At Juan Farco. Hey, Juani. Grab a mirror at Pinterest. Put them in it. I'm sure they'll read through this. <laughs> I'm sure they're filthy that you've pointed out some of their inadequacies. I have enough shit to deal with without Mrs. J looking at your site and suggesting things I could make. It's like every home reno show has been downloaded onto the web but without the usual attractive presenters. <laughs> I might be simple, but this shit isn't. Equal 10. At Cosroy. Grab a mirror at Menulog. Have we had Cosroy before? Yeah. Very often. I was going to say welcome aboard, but it yeah, no, no, no. just uh, shows I don't listen to this Grab segment. a mirror at menu log. <laughs> Put a minute. Good. For sending me a notification every day at 5.30pm telling me it's happy hour. I know I'm a fat Michael Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you to remind me I'm lazy as well. Hashtag Arthur pizza, Arthur's Pizza. Hashtag Porto Chips. Hashtag Hurry Up Moped Dickhead. <laughs> Good work. Equal 10. At... Jared, How many equal tens? I think I've already. I think I've already run out. I've At Jared Campo, grab a mirror. The word "mut." You yes, magnificent. How good was this? You magnificent underutilized bastard. Takes me back to my high school days. Yeah. Horse it, horse it into me, mut Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of my best. The old horse it into me, Steve. Equal Another ten. Equal. Yeah, whatever. At two flies punting. Grab a mirror, Monday night football, and the Monday night football, and the beautiful teacher who sacrificed her own health to bring it back. Only two days with no footy in a week. Hashtag love it. Hashtag better than Big Brother. Special mention to fucking off those red jerseys and bringing back the red V. I've said this for a long time, and especially when COVID was happening and figuring out how long the season would go, you could run rugby league Monday to Sunday. Well, there was Every a, week forever, and people little, would still love it. A little bit of talk that that might have happened, but... Um, it should happen. That would have been fantastic. should. Equal 10. Imagine sure how that, many grabber mirrors we'd have to come up with. Not sure. A whole what season. For downloads for podcasts that released on Tuesdays, but whatever. At uh, Common Fear says, grab a mirror, anyone who changed their handle on Twitter to... Hashtag McMutt. Great thing it was. Great thing. Stop trying to jump on the bandwagon of someone else's funny. Hashtag I still laugh every time I see McMutt. Hashtag jealousy is a curse. Hashtag looking at you, Bargy. Hashtag bandwagoner. Hashtag McMutt. Hashtag McMutt. Well, I actually forgot that when we were doing this, well, to, in case people didn't listen last week, which obviously all of you did because you got the McMutt joke, but when you said McMutt, I think it was an equal 10. Yeah. Even by number five, I was still giggling <laughs> in my head. So fifth was Bargy. Yep. And I'm like, Bargy, you're a weak prick if you don't change your name. But heaps of people changed their names to McMutt. It was great. Um, just an update from Common at Common Fear. Remember last week he was the one who brought up about vets charging like wounded bulls? Yes. Update from the last vets last week. Oh, I'm glad we got an update. Grab a mirror vets, but not families. <laughs> Sister found out about free mutt uh, going to cost me $3,000 to get leg fixed and arranged to have the same op done for 800 Hashtag why the price difference. Hashtag doesn't have to go to the farm. Hashtag lucky mutt. Hashtag good news story. Hashtag still going to sell myself. Hashtag anyone keen. It's still 800 bucks. Send him to the farm. Equal 10. Um, grab a mirror, says at Maddie. McMutticus <laughs> at me. 
for downloading another social media platform that I don't understand just so I could try and be part of the number one segment in all of podcasting. Hashtag massive social flop. Hashtag all the mirrors in my house are cracked. Nice one. At Matty McMutius. Do we, are we still equal 10? Uh, how many have we got to go, did you say? No. Nine. Nine? Yes. Nine. Oh, yes. At It All Day, sir. Doing. Hashtag grab a mirror, the at NRL, put them in it. Good. For, for tweeting the table and asking where your team is sitting. It's ninth, you McMutz. It's always it's, ninth. It's always <laughs> ninth. <laughs> Hashtag same old story. Hashtag it hurts. I think the only downside to this McMutt thing is Michael Clark's going to get less mentions on Twitter. <laughs> Eight. Uh, at efficient, not lazy. Says grab a mirror, Boris, and then put at Gladys B next to it. <laughs> Very good. I love all of you. You're so good. <laughs> and at New South Wales Health for your in-venue COVID Australia restrictions. Have you ever told a socially distanced room of punters to stay seated while they cheer on a cheer home a 20 to 1 long shot for, yeah. their, for their punters club? No chance. Wouldn't think so, champs. <laughs> it's harder than a honeymooner's bed flute. Very good. Seven. At Steve Diddley. <laughs> Have we had Steve Diddley before? I don't know. We haven't had a Diddley before. Uh, Grab a mirror at former legend and at Sid Punts. Hey. Your round previews and tips are so far off the mark, I'm now convinced that you don't even watch rugby league and are only in it for those sweet podcast dollars. Do us a favour, please, and tip West to loose every game from now on. Loose. Ha ha. Ha ha. Loser. Looser. You're a looser. <laughs> Hashtag grab a mirror. Hashtag might as well flip a coin. You know what? He's caught us out. He's on to us. Six. Here he is. Old Slippery. Who? Old greased up man. Ah, the greaser. Toddy McMutt. We've had him before. Hashtag grab a mirror, Sid punts. Hey. And at former legend. Thanks to you, legends, McMutt has become part of my daily vocabulary. So it you should. Sh- should have seen the eyes of the bottle o worker when I said, <laughs> cheers, McMutt, after paying for my beer on Saturday. Hashtag McMutts are us. Hashtag Greaser McMutt. Well done, Greaser McMutt. Five. At Andrew, RLP. We've had him on before, surely. Hashtag grab a mirror to every McMutt complaining about... <laughs> complaining about... When you said to me, I've got like 20 tonight. No wonder. 20 uh, McMutts. To every McMutt complaining about me, talking about my bed flute. Loves talking about his bed flute. I'll stop if you all donate money to my Patreon. Patreon.com slash forward slash RL project. There's nothing more that he loves than talking about his uh, massive schlong. Yep. He's talking up his, his little, Patreon. His little tummy and his big schlong. Uh, never thought my dick would be used to drum up donations for a footy stats website. <laughs> Is this how OnlyFans works? Here we are. Here we are. Only grands. Four. At MP6868. Hashtag grab a mirror. Attractive, fit-looking couples in their active wear in the pub. They've got a mirror. Gyms are now open. You can all fuck off back to the gym <laughs> and free up a seat for fat blokes in tracky dacks like me. Can I have a go now? Yeah, it'll be better than mine. Grab a mirror. The perennially... Perennially... Grab a mirror, Perineum. everyone who's Henry always. <laughs> grab a mirror, everyone who's always outraged. I can't say that word. I think I've covered off on these pieces of shit before, but uh, the perennially outraged have struck again. The left, they were doing it again this week. Former, they were deciding that certain movies have now become 
problematic. It's one of my new favourite words. Problematic. Don't like something? Call it problematic. Get it banned. Anyone disagrees with you, they become problematic. It's an age-old problem. My Camera is problematic. It's, yeah, for a whole different <laughs> bunch of reasons. Mostly you can catch Herpes Simplex 10 <laughs> from the steering wheel and, and back seat. And the back seat, yeah. But uh, this week we saw HBO take Gone with the Wind off its lineup of shows because it was, say it with me, Pop- problematic. Problematic. The storyline for Gone with the Wind, for anyone who hasn't seen it and subscribes to HBO and can't see it, the storyline takes place during the Civil War when slavery existed in the USA. And it would appear that if you watch this movie nowadays, then you're going to go straight out and buy some slaves, join the KKK and probably kill black people just because you saw a movie. So we can't have that, former. Delete the movie. This is the solution for people nowadays. Delete history. We can't learn from our mistakes in the past. Just erase them. It's gone. There's a Captain Cook statue. It's been in the media this week. It's up in North Queensland. That has his arm up in front of him. It's been described as doing the Nazi salute. Jeez, he foresaw history. <laughs> uh-huh. The pose for this, uh, it's a horrible statue. It should be taken down for so many other reasons than this. Uh The pose is taken from a sketch of Captain Cook in the 1800s, just before Instagram was around and he took a (laughs) selfie. 1800s, 130 years before the Nazis existed, but it's problematic former Captain Cook. He was a Nazi. It's happening everywhere. Song lyrics from days gone by are now problematic. Let me just run through a couple for you. Mm. The song Turning Japanese. Yeah, it's a good song. I know what that's about. That's that actually, fantastic. It actually refers to the singer's cum face. That's right. But now it's problematic, racist. If you uh, listen to a song nowadays, you're going to go out and commit hate crimes apparently, so let's delete them. Uh, when, are gonna, when are people going to realise the song lyrics for My Sharona? Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me tell you what those lyrics are. Never going to stop. Give it up. Such a dirty mind. I always get it up for the touch of the younger kind. But <laughs> <laughs> Is that Rolf Harris's version? That or? really is problematic. Pedo alert. That's putrid. Get rid of that song. Just delete it. Uh, a famous quote that has been attributed throughout history to a number of people over the past century is this. Those who fail to learn from the p- mistakes of their predecessors are destined to repeat them. I like that quote. Hmm. Here's another important quote. Deleting historical facts, no matter how we assess them against current standards, does not achieve everything, anything. Now, that's a quote from Sid Punt's episode 16, <laughs> 2020, of full credit to the boys. And may I say, never a truer word has been spoken. Grow up, everybody. Cancelling an episode of Friends because what Joey said back in 1991 is problematic, does not solve anything. In fact, we should be able to look back and see that Friends was never fucking funny in the start. Hooray! (laughs) Someone admits it. No matter what the social standards of the day are, Joey was never funny. That show was shit. It was poo. So grab a mirror, cancel culture. Everyone, just grow the fuck up and let's all get Kingswood Country back on the air. That's right. (laughs) Or as uh, Rod Stewart said in the classic, tonight's the night, 
Don't say a word, my virgin child. <laughs> Just let your inhibitions run wild. Uh. <laughs> or as Elvis Presley said in Kissing Cousins from 1964. Who actually put out a song called Kissing Cousins? This Elvis is not did. right. The king of rock and roll. It's not right. And this is before he got fat. He said, <laughs> well, I've got a gal. She's as cute as can be. She's a distant cousin, but she's not too distant with me. Oh, no, no, no good. No good. What else have we got? Yeah, there's some examples that probably we should cancel these people, but uh, what else you got? And here's a little uh, bit of homework for the uh, creditors. If you've nothing, got, got nothing to do this week, go back through the song Salt and Pepper's Shoop. Oh, how good was that? <laughs> and find the problematic lyric in that. Oh, boy. With a special sound effect as well. <laughs> Three. Uh, at <laughs> Pasha Bulka. Says, hashtag grab a mirror, truck drivers, you magnificent bastards. After years of seeing half-filled piss bottles on the side of the road, and I was stuck in an awkward spot this week, and it was time I had to go. All I ended up with is a wet bottle, damp trousers, and wet boots. <laughs> There's a skill to it. Two. Just get the pisser phone like we used to have on the team bus. Um, <laughs> at Dingo 2. Dingo McMutt. <laughs> Grab a mirror, fun, unfunny people who can't come up with something remotely humorous and reckon they can just get their grab a mirrors read out by changing their Twitter name. <laughs> Clever. Well done. What got number one? At Deep Longstop. Deep Longstop McMutt. Grab a mirror me for thinking the missus would laugh as much as I do when I hear McMutt. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag building a fortune on the couch. Sorry, building a fort on the couch. Hashtag make McMutt great again. We all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your way. And no message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Yes, make a change, but something we have, we'll have made a change about here is this new segment that... Uh... Yeah, it's taken off. <laughs> I, can't, I didn't even clear it by you last week, but I just came up with a new segment. Beck Judd. It's not easy for me to say. Um, it's got its own jingle. Yeah. Well, let's listen to let's it Let's jump into it, my this week's Beck Judd update. I'm just an ordinary girl. Who's a bigger oxygen thief, <laughs> Beck Judd or Taylor Swift? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the easiest segment we ever came up with. I had to Rights actually, itself. I had to sift through which uh, Beck Judd's update I was going to use. So here we go. How many we got? Three. Uh, it's always three quick headlines. Okay. So here we go. First one, Beck Judd's. These are all from this week. This is all from the last seven days. That's right, the okay. whole purpose <laughs> of this segment to show how fucking absurd this is. <laughs> Beck Juggs urges her 860,000 Insta followers to check out her snack drawer. Let me tell you, it contains shit snacks. Is that jail talk? Or? <laughs> it contains absolutely shit snacks like protein bars, dried apricots, and appropriately, nut bars. Any burgerings? Second update, Beck Juggs admits farting in front of her nanny and blaming it on her kids. <laughs> Beck Juggs reveals the only hairless spot on her entire body. Here we go. Disappointingly, 
It's her feet, which means she's basically a Sasquatch with hairy palms. <laughs> it's not what I was expecting. But it's fascinating stuff, Former, and that is this week's Beck Jugs update. I'm just an ordinary girl. Sometimes I'm lazy. I get bored. I get scared. I feel ignored. I feel happy. I get silly. And there were so many more I could have chosen from. All right, let's do this. NRL Round Preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. Yeah, it's Round 6 uh, Preview brought to you by Bluebet, of course, and um, every week we do the NRL Round Preview, we get this bloke in. Andrew Ferguson from Rugby League Project. You can find him on Twitter at Andrew RLP. Don't forget, you can also hear him on Fergo on the Freak Podcast. Andrew, how are you tra- tra- traveling today, champion? <laughs> All good, guys. Yourself? <laughs> Pretty good. It's been a long night, as you can probably tell. It's been a long day. <laughs> um, mate, uh, any news? What's going on? Well, I mean, you probably saw my uh, grab a mirror today. It got a mention. Gave, it did get a run. <laughs> I gave people an opportunity there. <laughs> To, uh, to, to shut me up by donating money to my Patreon. And not one cent came in. So it seems like they like my dick. <laughs> Nate, Nath J. McDonald said, I'll donate if you start sending pics. Yeah. Only grands. <laughs> the yeah. internet is full of pictures. I can definitely <laughs> comply with that one. You're the only guy that can uh, talk about your stalk and then twist it around so that people send to your Patreon. Well done, I say. Well done, good sir. Yeah, it's kind of like reverse prostitution. Yeah, well, it's not working, but <laughs> no. But keep no, trying, keep trying, keep trying. <laughs> You're going hungry, but whatever. Uh, well, let's start on Thursday. Not, yeah, that's why he's lost so much weight. He's going hungry. Someone donate <laughs> exactly. to this man. Let's start on Thursday night. Uh, the Newcastle Knights take on the Brisbane Broncos uh, with Blue Bitter to dollar forty-five. The Knights two dollars seventy-five. The Broncos. What are the stats saying here, mate? In 2016, the Knights were pretty woeful, and they conceded 33.33 points per game. Currently, the Broncos side have conceded 34.29 points per game over their last seven matches. Yeah, wow. Jeez. Mm, Who would have thought from a Broncos side? Uh, $1.45, $2.75 with Bluebet. Who do you like, mate? I'm going to go the Knights. I also am going the Knights. Um, I, I don't know which Broncos team they're going to trot out, but uh, the Knights are looking pretty good, man. They were, Go the Knights. They were okay last week without being great. Uh, I think New, uh, Melbourne gave them a little bit of a wake-up call. I'm going to go the Knights, but I expect, again, Brisbane to improve yeah, on this, too. and I'm a little bit worried about them. But, uh, I'm worried about all the games this week. Yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all a bit of a toss of the coin. I think they are too. Uh, Friday, and the first game is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They take on the Tamworth Warriors. It's $1.40, the Rabbitohs. It's $2.95, the Warriors, with bluebet.com.au. Andrew, what do the stats say? Uh, the last 12 games between these sides have seen 613 points scored, which is just over 51 points a match. Mm. Overs. I told you overs earlier yeah, on today. We, we were discussing that. I think the line the overs 41 and is 41 and a half. And a half. Uh, so you reckon overs? Definitely overs, um, and Rabbitohs to win. Yeah, I think Rabbitohs to win. I nearly chucked in. I, I, I actually was going to go unders. Mm. You're like, nah, overs. But, yeah, that that's massive overs from the stats. That's why the betting agencies always get us, blue bet. I think the New Zealand Warriors, too, the way they played last week, if they're going to play like that every week, you're going to see high scores. It was almost, we don't care how many you score, we're yeah. going to score more. and. 
that's the Warriors of old. And the problem is you lose a lot of games with that attitude. But um, I'm going to back the Bunnies. But again, with no real conviction, it would not surprise to see the Warriors get up. Well, I'm not sure if this is an awkward time or if any time's a good time to bring up the fact that you've were absolutely braining the tipping comp. And uh, where are you now, former? Where are you now? Uh, 69th. <laughs> <laughs> You've uh, fallen, haven't you? I have. You've dropped away. Mate, every game... I was saying to Sid There was earlier, like four rounds where you missed one and now you missed a shitload. Every every game that I thought, ooh, that's a 50-50, I have genuinely gone the wrong way. I, I've Where everyone else is going left, I'm going right. For See, with me, whatever I say tonight on a Tuesday night... That changes. I don't, no, I never change it. So, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to pick North Queensland and... Uh, Oh, big dick over here says, yeah, Talmalolo's out. I'm like, ah, but I still stick by my tips. Who are you backing, Andrew? Did we say? Uh, the the Rabbitohs. Yeah, I'm going to the Rabbits too. The second game is the Penrith Panthers, and they're going to be tested against the Melbourne Storm. $2.70 with Blue Bet for the Panthers, $1.47 with Melbourne. What are the stats saying here, mate? Uh, Penrith have never beaten the Storm outside of Victoria or Panthers Stadium. Ooh, interesting. So there's no chance? No, there's no chance. I'm going the storm in this one. I think they've found a way to properly exploit the, the rule changes now and everyone's going to be playing catch-up. That's exactly what I was going to say. And you and I alluded to this former a few weeks ago. Uh, the storm lost their first game back. And looked ordinary. But they, You said Cameron Smith was slow. Yeah, very slow and had a massive slice of Devon on the back of his head. <laughs> but both you and I said... He got rid of the beard. They, he got quicker. <laughs> we Both you and I said they would figure out the rules and they will find a way to exploit it. And I think that's what they've done. And against a Panthers team that is woeful in attack, the Storm will win. Yeah, I'm going to back the Storm here. I think it'll be a close one. I feel like I'm back three favourites and that's a worry in itself at the moment. Uh, the first game on Saturday sees the Gold Coast. Well, this is going to be this is the game we've all waited for. The Gold Coast Titans. They're taking on the St George Illawarra Dragons. The NRL hashtag for this game is tit drags. <laughs> the um, which is also the the uh, you can how you can find that fifty nine year old on OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only grands tit drags. <laughs> tit drags. Um, <laughs> what did you what did you call them? Tennis ball cans. <laughs> yeah, the six six baller too. Not a not a three baller. Oh, not even a three baller. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans are two dollars thirty-five. The Dragons are a dollar sixty with Blue Bet. What are the stats saying here, mate? Uh, in the last four encounters with the Titans, the Dragons have scored one hundred and sixty points, which is twenty-four more than what they've scored over their last nine Premiership games. <laughs> <laughs> mate, uh, in this absolute bell in a ball competition, who are you backing? I'm going with Titans to win fifty-two to forty-eight. 52-48. Or 1-0, not All sure. Right, so we're going overs in this game. Uh, I think I said this earlier. I knew the Titans were dual win, and unfortunately they got that against the Tigers. The Dragons will win this one. You Titans know, have had their win. Again, I'm going the favourite. I'm going the Dragons. Yours and my tips are the same thus far. Ugly. You are screwed. <laughs> I'm in all, all manner of bad form. Um the second game on Saturday sees the West Tigers uh, versus West Tigers will win <laughs> versus the Cowboys. It's a dollar eighty-five the Tigers, a dollar ninety-five the North Queensland Cowboys with Bluebet.com.au. Uh, Andrew, what are the stats saying here, mate? Uh, the Cowboys have won their last two games at Campbelltown against the Tigers. 
the last time they did this, the Tigers ended the run and then beat the Cowboys in the grand final a month later. Yeah, we also put 50 points on them in that first semi-final. I was there. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so what are you saying? West Tigers will win the comp this year? Yeah, yeah they'll win this game and then win the title. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. West Tigers will win this week, but I hate it when we're favourites and we are slight favourites this week. And for that for that reason, I'm going the Cowboys. Yeah, you're a shit tipster. <laughs> um, where are we up to? You last... fair weather fan. This is the game we probably all are genuinely waiting to see. Oh, yeah. It's the Sydney Roosters coming off a short backup, and geez, my heart bleeds for them. It's the battle of the halfbacks. <laughs> they're, taking, they're taking on the You paramedic. wait and see. The media will... Pick up on that. They're taking on the Parramatta Eels. It's a dollar fifty the Roosters. It's two dollars sixty the wow. Eels. Seems generous with that Blue is Bet. Very generous. Uh, Andrew, what are the stats saying here, mate? Uh, Mitch Moses will become just the fourth player since nineteen seventy six to reach sixty nine starts as a halfback for Parramatta. He's Ooh. behind Peter Sterling, the next Peter Sterling, Chris Sando, and the next Peter Sterling, Tim Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about the raps they had on poor Tim Smith, mate? Uh, um. Well, mate, what are you saying here? I'm, I'm going to go with the Roosters. Yeah, I honestly think this will be billed as the Battle the day, of the Halfbacks. The Day of Reckoning? Yeah, I, I've spoken to you about this during the week. This will be a Day of Reckoning. I, I think that the Parramatta Eels are destined for great things this year. I reckon they'll go close to winning the premiership. I tipped them at the beginning of the year. But I think they will be found out against the Roosters. It works to their advantage that the Roosters have a very short turnaround. But, geez, the Roosters are looking good. They're white hot again on Monday night. I'll go the rough and go the Eels. Yeah, well, you're, you're going way down. <laughs> I, I actually may overtake you this week in the tipping comp. From uh, 130th <laughs> back up to over 69 that you are. No, you'll probably say at 130th. I'll just drop down to 131. Um, <laughs> on Sunday, the Canberra Raiders are taking on the Manly Warringah Seagulls. This will be another cracking game, I reckon. Yeah, it's a dollar fifty-five. The Canberra Raiders at home at Campbelltown. Um, <laughs> they're fortress. <laughs> they're travelling less at, to stay at home than Manly are, who are just going across <laughs> the bridge. Uh, Manly are at two dollars forty-five with Bluebet. Andrew. What are the stats is good. Can you, give us a, can you give us a lead into this? Uh, Canberra haven't beaten Manly on a Sunday in June since 1999. Hmm. Ricky might have been playing then. Um, <laughs> what, are the, what do you reckon? What do you, what do you reckon? Who are you tipping? I, you know what? I'm going to go with Manly on this one. Yeah, this is another one. It's a bit of a toss of the coin for me. But um, Canberra have really made Campbelltown their fortress. <laughs> I base that only on last week that they beat the mighty West Tigers there. And good Canberra, news. Do they Canberra fly? will no, win. They, they bus up this week. Well, they... who knows? Even Ricky's blowing up. He doesn't know what the rules are. Um, who you Canberra backing? will just sneak home. I'm going to back Manly. <laughs> I can't wait to see our <laughs> tips. This is great. This is great. And finally, well, it's the game we're all talking about except for the Titans and George game. It's the Cronulla Sharks. They're taking on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Oh, what else is boring? You're going to put a bell in this ball as well. <laughs> it's $1.53, the Sharkies. It's $2.45, the Doggies. Andrew, what are the stats saying here? The last time the Bulldogs beat the Sharks in round six was in 1967. Wow. <laughs> Did they win the cop that year? <laughs> 
No. Well, they're not going to win <laughs> this a, year either. That was the South year. Um, who are you tipping, mate? I'm going to go with the Sharks. I reckon Blue Bet, head to head, could have said Sharks $3 versus Dogs $3, and they would still not get any interest from any punters. This is going to be a low, low game. Uh, I'm tipping the Sharks. Let's hope you're back in the Bulldogs. I'm back in the Sharks. I like the Bulldogs try. I still think Cronulla aren't that bad. They, they, they Mate, have got, they, they've got some players. They've got blokes on million dollars all Hopefully across the park. Hopefully they get uh, Eddie Vedder in there as their coach. <laughs> That'd be great. And Quaid. It's Eddie Munster. Um, <laughs> uh, Cameron's dead. Uh, anything else before we uh, – I oh, know your rough punt. Are you going to give us your rough punt now? Yeah, I'll give, us, I'll give everyone my rough punt. Let me press this. So Bluebet this week have introduced a same-game multi. Oh, yes. Which is fantastic. I love the same-game multi. I love finding new ways to lose money. So what I'm going to do is take advantage of this loophole (laughs) and take Bluebet to the cleaners (laughs) yet again. Uh, The, what is it, the South Sydney versus the Warriors game. I'm always confident when when a tipster... Has to go back over his notes to find out well, what game Well, I was just he... trying to find me notes here. It's not like I don't know what I'm talking about. The South Sydney Roosters. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Buddies will cover the six and a half start. That's my first leg in the same game multi. Yep. Uh, South Sydney to be leading at halftime and full time. And Dane Gagai to score a try. And Peter... Rocks and Diamonds. Hiku. Hiku. He will also score throughout the game. So there's me four-leg multi. Uh, it's about, what was it? 11 bucks, I think. Uh, it was over 15s. But okay. anyway, it'll go up on my Twitter account because I can't find those notes. Doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about. So a four-leg multi, four multi. Oh, mate. South yeah. Sydney to cover the six-and-a-half start. This South gets- Sydney halftime, full-time. If this Gagai gets up, and Hiku to score a try. Oh, there it is. $15 is paying. I'll generally eat my hat if this gets up. $15 it'll pay and Formal will eat a hat. <laughs> <laughs> and it will get up. Oh, no. <laughs> Hang on. You broke it. Everyone quiet. <laughs> What? It'll get up. That Trust one. me. Mate, you can get on with me. Um, <laughs> the fact that you've had that turns that 15 into 150 to 1. $15. It's going to get up. Well, as soon as you mentioned the South Sydney Roosters, I knew you were that in trouble. That was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. Wake up to yourself. <laughs> Well, Andrew, uh, how's the podcast going, mate? Uh, you stuck for content yet? Have you got into a top 10 list of halfbacks that last name Moses? <laughs> no, we haven't gone down that, that path yet. We've got that one sitting on the back burner just in case there's another coronavirus. 
There's we don't only... burn all our good gear straight away. Yeah, you don't want to use up your good gear. There's only one coronavirus, mate. Um, <laughs> well, mate, we will talk to you next week. Don't forget you can donate to the Patreon. As discussed in Andrew's Grab a Mirror tonight, go to the Rugby League Project, click on the Patreon. He basically just uses this podcast and... as an advertisement for himself. And if he said, exactly. he said he said if he can get a thousand dollars in Patreon donations this week, he'll send out dicks pics to everyone. <laughs> um, uh, the podcast is Fergo and the Freak. It's found on all good podcast providers and a couple of bad ones. Uh, mate, we'll talk to you next week. Pleasure, guys. He's a stat man. Let's do this. Love the sound. Open the sound. Empty the sack. The boy sack. Boy sack mail and feedback time. Let's wind it up quick. Thank you very much to Scotty Sattler. He's one of our favourites here. Yeah, full credit to the boys. Very own Scotty Sattler, um, champion bloke. Also, is there anything else we want? Oh, the jerseys? Yeah, we've got only uh, a handful of jerseys left. Go to, what's the website for? Just Google Big Cartel <laughs> and Full Credit to the Boys. You'll find it there somewhere. Yeah, it's www.fullcreditofthebois.bigcartel.com. Go there. There's about three of each size left. So by the time you hear this, it's probably sold out. All right. Um, but thank you to everyone that bought them. By the way, I've got to just say it'll be probably three weeks. And there's one person that bought a jersey and a membership pack. You're not getting the membership pack until <laughs> I send out the jersey. It's going to cost me too much in postage, which when you buy a jersey, it's free postage. It's not free. It comes out of my pocket. And I just want to drop a little something here. Yeah. Anyone excited for a... Live show? Yeah. I'm going all Volandis. <laughs> until then. I'm picking a date. We're going to do it. Yeah, but until next week, if you're alone and you need a friend. Someone to make you forget your problems. Just come along, baby. Take my hand. I'll be your lover tonight. Good night. Good night. I got to know what you're doing with me. But I ain't got all night Don't be shy, baby, I won't fight Am I gonna see some